Welcome to the American Made and Paid Show, the home of free speech and independent thought. The big story is freedom of speech is really in trouble. The far left knows that at any time they can call for a sponsor boycott of anyone they despise. It is right here, right now, where you'll get your weekly dose of unfiltered truth. It's non-negotiable. Pre-existing conditions will be protected. This president has said this as a candidate. Insight. Very few people I know could have handled it. We can never, ever let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Hey, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Happy 2020. The American Made and Paid show is back after we did 110 episodes uh, last year in 2019. And I know we kind of disappeared for a little while, and I apologize for that. But uh, it's uh, for a variety of different reasons. Now that the streaming thing is back, you guys can actually see my co-host's face for once. And uh, <laughs> it's nice to be able to talk. And uh, before uh, we dive into it a little bit further, the show is now, I want to always make some housewarming announcements. You know, the show is going to be weekly now three hours and it'll be live broadcasted on this channel and the podcast channel and then we're still obviously going to leave things up and running um you know on the other stuff so i'm still going to like break this up and put little clips but the show now guys will not be monday to friday like it was last year i know for those of you who are tuning into it but it'll be uh specifically it'll be actually um just on Thursdays for three hours, if you want to watch it live. So do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to, you're showing your face now to the internet. I mean, after a hundred episodes, people were wondering <laughs> what you look like, but now I guess everybody can, uh, can see what you look like and, you know, just tell, tell the audience, it's almost like a formal reintroduction after yeah, okay. Now you got to tell people what you do and what you look like now, because now you're on video. So that's, yeah. That's, hey, so, uh, long story short, I used to be an atheist. Uh, I was a hardcore atheist, and as and if it wasn't for you, you uh, introduced me to Christ, and and I thank you for that. So now everything I do is through a Christian lens. So uh, I used to be a hardcore atheist, and everything I did was always from that perspective, whether it's from consulting or nursing or anything I did was always from an atheist perspective. But now, you know, after talking to you and then you read uh, Romans to me, we went through that together and that opened my eyes. It was that, it was just that mind boggling. Like it was just absolute truth. I'm thinking oh, that's just insane. So anyway, so that's basically, you know, a little bit about who I am. And um, because there's really not much else to say other than I'm a Christian mm -hmm. dude. I'm a Christian awesome. and everything I do is, is from that lens. So, so it's funny because 2019, the, the podcast, for those of you who are watching, by the way, thanks for tuning in, guys. And Solo TV 84, thank you for your $10 donation. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know this is a bit of a different type of stream because I'm putting the podcast's inaugural episode on this uh, channel just so people can see it. And then we're a little rusty, guys, so bear with us. I mean, when you come back after not having <laughs> – done the podcast in three months it's a little bit uh it's a little bit nuts here but this is going to be great because it gives you guys the opportunity to ask him questions and if you guys have a lot of uh, vehement disagreements about the podcast that we were doing whether it was talking about street conservatism 
or uh, women's suffrage or Christianity or socialism or whatnot. I mean, now is the time. Now you guys actually get to interact only during this live period, though, only during this three hour live period where you get to post your questions. We won't obviously get to everything, but we'll try to get to as many as you can, because just like any other show, um, you know, we obviously will talk for a little while and then you guys get to listen and actually see our faces. So there's always a different quality. You know, I know a lot of people are used to the whole audio podcast type thing, but now it's like, uh, now you get to actually see us and you actually get to see how we talk and everything. And I'm not, you know, I know you always claim that you don't have, you have a face for radio as they call it, but it's, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> hey, but it's true. I'm not a, I'm not a handsome man. So Either way, it's cool. No, no, but it's all about, it's all about the ideas. So why don't we why don't we revisit something about like a, a few topics that we covered last year for people who are new to this, and define what you used to, well what we would call street conservatism or conservatism from a constitutional standpoint that uh, now is being lost in our current American culture, especially you know with the unconstitutional impeachment of our president and that type of thing. I mean, is that a uh, Tell tell us a little bit more about that, and then I'll obviously chime in. And again, just uh, you know, talk as you always do, ramble. That's all. Yeah, no, no. It, you know what? Just so this is, but this is my point. Everything is so weird because now that I'm a Christian, I literally reevaluated everything I used to believe, and it confirms everything I, I believed in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, where you know you just brought up the whole thing about uh, street conservatism. And to me, street conservatism was always, you know, just real life on the streets, like what was happening on the streets. So whether it's, you know, I don't want to say gang culture, but let's say the underground economy. Mm -hmm. if, if we were making money, you know, whether it's through, um, you know, selling flesh to. Oh, you can say it. You mean, because that's what you. <laughs> I mean, I, but it's the truth, like. Like people don't understand what pimping is. So pimping, it, it's just a way to make money. You know what I mean? But but how is it? What is it? Is it really about prostitution? Is it really about, you know, selling things for sex? And, and it really isn't. Uh, it's it's when you get down to things like that, anything, whether it's selling drugs or, or you know, doing a pop up. That's a, that, that's a better example, I guess. Yeah. So things with in the underground. It's all of that's unregulated mm -hmm. with the exception of it being against the law. So you have to learn how to, you know, market yourself. You have to learn about advertising. You have to learn basic math skills like an accountant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're successful, you have nobody like you don't share the wealth. Why? Because you did it yourself. You're the right. one that took the chances. You're the one that got the girls or you're the one that whatever it is, you are the person who did it. You are your own island. And, um, you know, if you get caught, if you get caught, <laughs> what happens? You break the law. That's the regulation right there. It's against the law. If you get caught and that's what street conservative uh, conservatism pretty much was. It was... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Now the baby. Don't mind the baby, you guys. <laughs> it's the counselor's fault. She, I know she wants to be here, but and that's the counselor's fault. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> I'm all like rambling because I see her coming. And I'm thinking, get her, get her. A funny story that you used to talk about was like a, a good example of street conservatism is sovereignty, right? And that's actually yeah. something that's our constitutional rights. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because on my recent channel, and Tia, we'll get to your question later. You know, we don't want to, I mean, we'll answer as many questions as we can throughout, but um, it's also good to, to, to actually have some. I don't see any questions. Huh? I don't see any questions. What question are you talking about? Look on the side. You'll see some questions uh, come in from the stream. Oh, if, and if you don't, then. Well, you know what? Actually, I, I'm not. Like, I'm a guest. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Watch. I'm gonna watch. I'll show you. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll be able to. You'll be able to figure out. But what was that? You, you you mentioned about see, that was me just right now. What's that? That's what I can do. Did Did you see it on your screen? Oh yeah, yeah. That's the private chat. But you you can't see the actual chat, can you? Go up to comments. You see where it says comments. Sorry guys, just uh, bear with us. <laughs> No, I'm telling you, mine is totally different than yours. I'm pretty positive of it. Okay, if okay. Well, not what I do. If you want to view it while I'm doing this right now, and obviously this is all going to be recorded. Uh, okay, now I see it. Oh, fuck, I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry about it. Anyways, but what you were explaining was something that we talked about a long time ago, which was uh, basically this notion that of sovereignty, right? Which is like, you don't get the government involved. You don't pay taxes and everything. And so if you grow up on the streets, like you did, you are a conservative by default. Cause a lot of people have a bit of a conflated definition of what a conservative is. I mean, for us in terms of our values, it's Christianity, but for yours, it was this aspect of sovereignty and it was constitutional in its regard because you had the freedom to do everything as long as you well, you were breaking the law, so you you were technically in violation of certain people's rights. But it was basically yeah, but, this idea, but, well, you weren't dependent on anybody and you weren't depending on the government for handouts or anything well, like no, that. No, no, no. See, but, see, but here's why I have to correct you on that. Just because it was against the law doesn't mean I was violating other people's rights. Oh, and, okay. And so let me make this distinction. Street conservatism is identical to Christianity with the difference of believing in God. You don't need to believe in God to be a street conservative, but you do have to love yourself and you do have to love others. That's how it works. How do you think you get so many women to work for you? Seriously, <laughs> not, but not, it's not through sex, it's not lust, it's just how do you get them because you're showing them love. You know what I mean? And, and in return, they, they work for you, whether it's promoting for a nightclub, whether it's promoting for, you know, another business that you're doing, like a pop-up restaurant. But mm -hmm. you've got to show the people the respect and love that you show for yourself. And that's how it works. That's how the underground economy works. There's no such thing as like, you know, the movies like, uh, I'm old, so I'm going to say New Jack City. <laughs> because that's the only movie I know that... <laughs> address those types of things when there was Nino Brown or whoever. So for, you know, the young people listening, look up New Jack City. It's from like, I don't know what year, but, but that's not realistic because Nino Brown acted like a king. It would never work 
on the streets, you have to have love for other people. That's right. the key. It doesn't work unless there is love for yourself. That comes first. And the second thing is love for others. Mm -hmm. and, and that's pretty much how it works. I mean, there is no other, uh, no other way around it. These women and men who worked for me, I didn't put a gun to their head. They bought into everything I was saying. That's all that that's all you need mm -hmm. because I show them how to be independent, how to be sovereign, how to make their own, how to get their own thing. And I don't know if we remember this, but we talked about this before. When I broke it down to a street way, because I don't know the Bible like the way you do. Mm -hmm. I kind of noticed that Jesus was actually a multi-level marketer. He was an LMM, but he was. But that's what you conservative is. Now I'm more careful with how I define that when it comes to you know giving the gospel to everybody else, which is as Christians something that we're we ought to do. But you but know, I'm not giving gospel in a business sense. You know, I, I, the fact that we arrived at that conclusion where. Um, sort of in the first century church, it was like a form of multi-level marketing, which was basically building relationships with people I thought was relatively interesting because prior to that, it, was, uh, it wasn't the case. That wasn't something that was uh, practiced. As a matter of fact, you know, I think prior to that, people were more concerned over their differences, right? And where you came from than just uh, giving somebody an idea. So yeah, but I, I remember better. Hold on, hold on. Go into more detail. That went over my head. <laughs> that did. You got to explain that with in more detail. That went over my head. Well, like for example, you know, I think prior to the like, okay. So what I'm trying to say is this, right? Whenever a new country gets, I don't want to say westernized, but becomes a little bit more civil in terms of its acceptance of people what are the first people that usually go into that country it's usually missionaries right that's usually the first thing that's how it was done with china right after nixon went to china and opened up the gates the first people that went in were missionaries right and you could actually make an argument that even though there were a lot of colonists that came to the united states and everything i mean one of the biggest things that people were actually advocating for the whole reason why we have like the separation of, of church and state is because, you know, there were Christians that were whispering into the ears of our founding father to keep it that way. And that's a good thing because with Christianity, you, it wasn't like Islam where you were forced into it. Right. And it didn't know any race, color, or creed. It was just whoever wants to accept and, you know, take the water of life, let them come freely. And that was the aspect of it. So how does this relate back to what I was saying was, uh, in the first century, when Christianity spread, the aspect of uh, national origin, race, or even border didn't really matter. It just mattered if you believed in in what I was sharing with you. You see what I'm saying? Like, because prior to that, it, it, for tribal instances, like back in the day, you 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 didn't associate with people who were outside of your country or tribe let alone belief system, right? And if you did, it was because you were bartering. It was because you were trading. That's what I mean. I know that was kind yeah. of a long-winded, weird answer. But what I'm saying is like, it, it, it wasn't, you don't have to, you don't, it didn't, it didn't really matter who you were. It, it just didn't matter. It was like racism was done at that point 
when when that was introduced like the, the concept of national identity even though it's important something to hold on to didn't really matter as long as you were part of the body of christ and that's why when it comes to an mlm it's like you know some of these people will pitch anybody so that's yeah. no and, and i totally get that <laughs> but i'm laughing because i'm reading some of these comments <laughs> no, no don't distract get too distracted no no, no but 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 yeah, but the comments are kind of uh saying what you're saying right but but i'm laughing because here's where i disagree with you guys and and here's the thing i am not uh, scripturally sound and everybody you know and they say and look i admit it i'm a new christian you know baby christian whatever you want to say i'm new at this yeah. yes, but, yes. but here's the thing and this is where a lot of people get stuck because when people read the bible they read it and they jump around they don't read it from beginning to end they just don't and you don't have to is also one thing that i will say you don't have to go chronological as a matter of fact for a lot of people who are new christians to this i know we're, we're kind of deviating yeah. is that you don't have to start in genesis and make your way through you can start in jesus's ministry you can start in john i mean how it worked with you is i mean we talked we went through the book of romans and romans is so you know because paul was very educated and he also had divine inspiration of god and the holy ghost that you know it, it just it, it came together and that's a, a really good way of breaking it down typically um you know whenever you hear a gospel presentation from somebody that's where they'll usually go they use the romans track they use the john because that comes from the new testament right but that that's a separate thing you know i want to i want to focus on on constitutionalism um and I want to. <laughs> some of these comments are, are distracting me. It's funny to me. But yeah, you know, and, and do the show like just just the way it is without uh without yeah, the but, but keep but but anyway. So I, I just want to make that clear. I, I'm not somebody who's yes, yes, so yeah down not here. a disclaimer but announcement, guys. Like so, if Professor Dreg happens to say something that may not be scripturally sound. I'll probably be here to reprove or just to, to you know, guide it. But the, the whole concept here also is to just talk about uh, constitutional sovereignty. You know, I went on a, a, a podcast um, uh, a few, I think about a month ago, talking about men's rights, right? Just, just to... to, to <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and what I was just saying is that the, the problems that we have in America, yes, they may be because we've fallen away from Christianity, but it's also because of something that you've always talked about, which is people giving up their rights, people not knowing their constitutional well, rights. Okay, so but let me tie this in. I got to cut you off and let me tie this in because here's the thing. And, and this is because I know most of your listeners are going to be white or Asian, whatever, but I know they're not black. I don't know about that, but sure. Um, but I, I'm just making, because that's what I do. I stereotype. <laughs> so anyway, I make educated guesses. Dave Chappelle said that I make educated guesses based on stereotypes. So, but anyway, but here's the thing about the Constitution. The Constitution, in my opinion, is a literal piece of Christianity. It wasn't based on the scripture. There's no place in the Bible that says, oh, here's the U.S. Constitution. But how do I know that the Constitution is a Christian document? Why? Because it literally says three things that you got to do. All the rules that Jesus says is love God, love yourself as you love God. You know, that's one commandment. The other one, love your neighbors as you love yourself and love God, right? 
That's mm-hmm. what the U.S. Constitution is. That U.S. Constitution literally allows for that. No other country on the planet allows for that. Not one. Because, no, but I'm like, name the country. Anybody in the comments, name the country where the rights do not derive from the government. I don't yeah. care. Germany, England, any country, Australia, mm-hmm. anywhere in South America. The Even in Italy, Rome, with the Catholics. Even their rights come from the government. The United States is unique that it is a Christian document. And then people will say, yeah, but guess what? Oh, no. There's freedom of religion. Jesus would, why would Jesus be against it? He changed the Samaritan people. See, and that's it doesn't really get into how he changed the Samaritans either in the Bible. No, but but here's the thing. Here's the the, the thing. The reason for why America exists the way it is with with freedom of religion was because real Baptists, real people who were biblically sound, were running away from that as well. You have to understand that America was not just fighting for American independence from, from Great Britain. It was also a lot of people fleeing the Catholic Church. And that's something that people don't talk about is that Baptists and Christians had a hand in actually saying that, you know what, when you are going to govern a whole people, you don't have to enforce that they believe in a national religion like Christianity because you know what? That already happened in Europe. It's called the Roman Catholic Church. That's that's religion that was instituted also with law. So you had religion and you had the state and they were administering all the laws and that was a mistake. So you come to America and they tell the founders and say, hey, you know what? We're going to start churches. We'll have our neighborhood local churches. We're going to do our thing. You know, we will pay our taxes. We will do that. But if they want to accept religion freely, we will allow that. And that's amazing. And that's written in the Constitution is that you can practice whatever religion you want. If you, I mean, America became known. Our, our founders aren't Christian. I've already made that correction. They were Freemasons. But the body in terms of like most of the American population, we don't have to go into like different denominations or whatever are professed Christians, as you could say for that very reason, it's for the reason because you have that first amendment right of freedom of religion. That's not found anywhere else. Not even in Europe. Yeah. But think about it now. This is where I'm going to disagree. With what How does Jesus change the Samaritans? How did he change them? Did he change them by chastising them or whatever like that? Or how did he change, you know, homosexuals or anybody else? How did he change them? Did he change them by saying you have to be this religion? Or did he change them through examples? He literally showed them what to do. He explained why things were the way they were. And that's something that, you know, like if we only stick with scripture, which is fine, you have to know scripture, you got to know your history, which Mm -hmm. is a big problem with blacks. We don't know our history. No, but it's the truth. How many blacks know their history? Seriously, when you go back and think about women's suffrage, what do people say? People say the same thing all the time. Oh, Susan B. Anthony, Susan B. Anthony, she saved all the people, whatever. But it's false. Black people believe that stuff. Why? Because they don't know their history. How many blacks know their history? Very few. 
Very well, few. They, they know their history, but no, they don't. Every like all the blacks, they might say something well, like they do, oh. but it's it's not it's it's not it's not typically. Uh, again, I'm generalizing here. Just you know, the ones that are history, uh, you know, and the like black empowerment history, it's going to be a little bit skewed. Um, but that that's that's another train that we can go down. No, but but forget about skewed. That was good. Forget about skewed because I, I I honestly believe they know everybody, and this is and Christians, atheists. It doesn't matter. Everybody views history through a progressive lens. Everybody. Mm-hmm. We we believe in women's suffrage. We believe the 1964 Civil Rights Act is not a Jim Crow law. We believe that. Why? Because we see history, including Christianity, through a progressive lens. It's what we do. It's what every institution in this country sees everything that way. How many people can honestly say, if it wasn't for Christianity, blacks would still be slaves? I'm telling you now, no matter what you say, I will always know that this constitution is exactly the blueprint of how Jesus did whatever he did to change the Samaritans. How did he do it? He wasn't like, oh, he wasn't excluding anybody. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion. He gave everybody all the freedoms of the world. Why? Because in Genesis, God gave it to us. It's in the very first page of the Bible. We were given everything. We were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He gave us everything. But we chose to have free will. And so what happened? Romans happened. Basically, so after when Adam and Eve did whatever they did in that garden, you know, sinned or whatever, <laughs> ate the apple, ate the pig. Quick, yeah. Professor Dreg still needs to uh, brush up on his Bible, so you guys yeah. got to go on him. He's he's not scripturally sound yet, but we'll get him there. <laughs> no, but see, but the thing is, but the but the mechanisms of how systems work doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The wording has changed. But the mechanisms of how things operate do not change. Right. And this is where, like, I might be scripturally sound, but you got to realize something. I was an atheist. Mm -hmm. Why why did I not believe in God? Because the science didn't back it. The, The Bible, how it is read and interpreted by pastors and preachers and imams and the Jewish people with the curly yeah. what they call them. I've heard, no, but it's the truth. I don't care who it is, whether it's a monk, the way they translate it does not relate to people today. It just does. depends on who you talk to, because I will agree that a lot of um, uh, churches and a lot of people who use the Bible to sell products or to promise healing and everything do just that, right? It, it's not really practical and relatable in a way where people will actually believe it. But you also have to understand that there are a lot of Christians out there, myself included for many years, who are out of touch with the word. And that's why it's very easy for you to hear a bunch of stuff and not make it feel like it's applicable to you. Um, hold on. Okay, I'll give you a good example. No, no. I'll give you a really good example. Okay. So should women have the right to vote? 
I said no. According to the Bible, the answer is no. Should the woman be able to speak in a church? The answer is no in the Bible. Yeah, no, 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 but it's not no in the Bible. According to Christian belief, like Jesus' philosophy, that's not true. Because where's church? Where's church? Is church always have to be inside a building? Or can you honestly have a church? What if you're broken poor and you want to start so, so, so in someone's the, backyard? I'm glad you brought that up. And we don't have to go into it too deeply, but here's the deal. It's not an explicit no. It's should not usurp authority over a man and are not permitted to speak in the churches. Now, I believe that that only, it doesn't mean they can't speak at all and they can't do any of that. That's in First or Second Timothy. But it's it's during the church when the preacher is preaching, like there are appropriate customs for how it's not just women it's just how people should behave in the church you know it's like the pastor's in charge pastor's delivering a sermon you know obviously we wouldn't want to be heckling the preacher at every at, at every standpoint but um yeah that's uh I, that's just that's my little add-on there and like i said guys you know one thing that i want to mention and this goes for the entire chat is that most of the time professor Dreg and i are usually just having a discussion when it comes to these podcasts when people yeah listen. we're just talking just get you guys to think a little critically because here's the one thing that i will say that this that makes the show what it is is that in a weird way anything goes but I would like to encourage a lot of people to formulate their own conclusions and explain why. Like, for example, you know, there's a reason why we talk about constitutionalism and street conservatism with these conclusions that we've come with. And I don't really hear that term being thrown around. You don't necessarily have to talk about the same things that you've been taught. And there's enough political talk shows out there where I don't need to be the next one, just kind of repeating what's in the news and in Breitbart. I mean, we could talk about Epstein's suicide or supposed suicide. And again, that was kind of the last episode that we did. Um, I could talk about this all day. The, yeah. the whole Christianity well, thing. And- three-hour show where I don't have to cut you off after 55 minutes and everything. So we could talk for, for three hours, do it once a week, and then people can tune in as they start to get in on the regular here but but yeah i mean that's 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 uh that's something that i still as a christian i'm still growing in and my I, I like what you said earlier about about this is that my politics now is just christianity i mean that's my rock right yeah no but it's the truth uh, but 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 man because like we went into a tangent but let me i want to just bring this back because i'm gonna good you know, thanks for doing because normally it's you that goes on the tangents but now you're <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but I got to say it. It's on my chest. No, but seriously, the reason why I believe women should be able to vote and everything else now is because our world is so perverse. Because the thing is like this, I honestly know progressive ideology literally comes from Charles Darwin, who was an atheist. But he wasn't just any ordinary atheist. He was an atheist who hated everybody who wasn't like him and everything he did was to destroy that type of human being whether they were asian australian black it doesn't matter that is what charles darwin did that's the beauty of his brilliance he tricked everybody into believing it was real science but it's not everything he did was a bunch of bs so anyway well, what, what did the atheist do? I mean, you're not an atheist anymore, but back then, what is the? Because here's the thing: I've been when I when I 
I mean, again, I'm not an apolog I'm not an apologist when it comes to Christianity. I don't really enter into debates with atheists just because it's pointless. You know, you know, it's not. I'm not here to outsmart you. You do have to take it on faith. Do you think that it's mainly because this is what the conclusion a lot of Christian apologists? No, the math and science backs the. No, no, I, I know that, but, but here's the thing: most people, it's not about arguing that God doesn't exist, but you're choosing to reject God. You're choosing to actually reject science. Because when you yeah, talk, about I never read the Bible, so how would I know? <laughs> Seriously, because that's the whole point. If you are indoctrinated in a progressive world, which we are, 19, uh, 19, 2020, everything is done through a progressive lens, even the way we worship. We worship through a progressive lens. I'll give you another example. We believe that it's wrong to tell people that sodomy is bad we we say that why can't we just tell people the truth and say hey look stop doing this stop doing that because why it's wrong and i don't know if i should bring this up or not but we could talk a little bit like like i'll give you an example for yourself you have uh like a porn addiction right well now, I'm, I'm, I'm coming clean of it but yeah an addiction i guess i could say that yeah without yeah, but here's sure. the thing in order to get in order to, because we talked about that before, about how the success of AA. And I told you, in all the years I've been doing, you know, anything in the psychiatric field, nothing has worked better than AA-type groups. And, and, and I believe that it, the success really does come from the belief in God. But the other thing, too, is not just that it's anonymous, but because when it's anonymous, you could really get down and talk about the gritty gritty. But that's the point. When you're talking about God and once you accept God, you could honestly talk about the gritty gritty that you can't talk about in a therapist room. Because when you're a therapist, you just can't tell somebody the truth because they'll get offended. And you have to tiptoe your way around it and sugarcoat everything. And that is, I don't want to say demonic, but... That's just how the devil works when you sugarcoat everything. So it's acceptable. But now, if I was your therapist, but a Christian therapist, I would just tell you point blank. Hey, look, porn is gay. You are engaging in sodomy or fantasizing about sodomy. But wait a minute. It's heterosexual porn. Heterosexual porn is still gay. You're watching naked men do stuff with a woman. And that's what porn is. And that's if you don't put that in your head. Hey, look, this is gay behavior. This is sodomy. This is because I don't want to pick on gay people, uh, but easy target <laughs> because all gay sex is sodomy. And whereas heterosexual sex isn't all sodomy. It's some is, is clean, some is not. But the thing is, pornography allows you to accept sodomy way easier. Why? I that last point I can agree with. And that's why when people have a, a porn dependence, right, they seek out for more extreme things. Like yeah, it's not about it. hold on, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna uh, cut you off. Go ahead. Go how ahead. many people will tell you, hey, that's gay? Because that's how you get it into someone's head. If you just say like the last point, that's not hard enough. Sodomy, because sodomy is just a word that nobody knows. Everybody knows the word gay. It has a negative connotation, just like the N-word. The N-word has a negative connotation. People know it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Christians do not understand. How, I mean, I get the scripture part, but we are losing to progressives because everybody loves sugarcoating. Why is cat the Catholic faith? Why is that so popular? Because it's sugarcoated. It's not real Christianity. I mean, it is. I mean, I don't want to start judging. I, know, I, know. I, I, I got the message. I got the message. So it's it's a clear cut way of, of of talking about the harm of it. But I do want to touch on that point where it's it's not. Again, this is purely anecdotal, and I've got no real data to support this. But I would imagine we live in a day and age where just about any kind of data you could pull up, right? Correlation doesn't equal causation, but you'll find something. But you know, from personal anecdotes, because I'm in a community and I'm obviously a member of a group of unspoken people out there that are deciding to turn their backs on porn. We know it's a sin. We know it's basically destroyed us uh, when it comes to our personal lives. Like, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to make a real quick remark because I got to tell a little story. Yeah, it go never for it. Got to the point, like I mentioned this in my video, but it never got to the point where it was disrupting me from doing my job. Like, I, I, you know, I never stayed home. I didn't stay up late. It wasn't like that. But I knew that it was enough of a grievous uh this you know thing that I was doing that uh, it clearly had an effect on me, especially when you discover it very young, right? And that that's that's like, dude, the fact that kids are finding it at nine or ten like freaks me out. Like you guys are screwed up, all of us. But what I'm trying to say is, you crave for more um, extreme things, and porn has become more dirty and more filthy in the years to come. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's it's not. It, it almost doesn't seem very uh proper to talk about porn in a church setting or whatnot and i understand why i really do so we we go you're not supposed to yeah you're not supposed to but here i can i can talk about it and address it and and call it for what it is but but back to the whole we don't have to keep harping on the sodomy train here but it's like you do start to seek out more disgusting filthy you know crude things as a result because you've become desensitized to it and I would make the argument that the accessibility and the widespread sort of promotion, because here's the thing, people who are in the nofap community or decide to turn away from porn, they actually get boycotted. It's not uncommon. The, the guy who started that community is being sued by people who are in the porn industry. He probably got a, a you know a, a subpoena from Vivid Entertainment or whatever, like, okay, you got to take this down because now we're losing money. But that's the thing is that it's become accepted, and I I feel like it's it's rationalized a lot of um, degenerate behavior that 20, 30 years ago would have been like you, you wouldn't even like 20, 30 years ago calling somebody gay or whatnot was like the worst insult you could call somebody. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna remark that, and and one thing I will say is that it wasn't even too long ago, like 15 years ago, when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I would never call a gay person, you know. I'm not going to say the F, you know, the, the F. Yeah, 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 yeah. I but, got it. But in fourth or fifth grade, kids were throwing that e- at each other like it was nothing. Like anybody who was born in the mid-90s who went to public school in the United States knows that that word was just thrown around like it was nobody's business. Like kids were calling each other that on on the <sighs> on the field, you know, during recess. Like it was just like, all right, that's just the word that people threw around. Well, so okay, but, but here's like, the thing. On how, the streets how are now. No, but see, on the streets, you hear the word C-word sucker a lot. Because <laughs> why? That that's It has a double meaning. It, it's not just like against uh, gay people, but it's also like effeminate 
thing because that's what ladies do. Yeah. But either way, that's sodomy, whether it's oral or the other one, it doesn't matter. It's still bad. It's medically unhealthy. See, this is the thing. The reason why sodomy is bad for everybody listening, it's not because it's anti-gay. It's because it's anti-loving yourself. It doesn't matter if you engage in heterosexual sodomy or same-sex sodomy. It's medically unhealthy. YouTube's going to demonetize this video from hearing these words, but it's okay. Keep talking. We're not using... Nah, I have no idea about the rules. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. No, I'm used to the podcast. I, I don't... <laughs> like, you, like, people trip out on this? It's this yeah. like medical facts. This is like, you know, I didn't... This is like, you know, it don't matter in this day and age anymore. You know, I just saw a recent news article about a, a pedophile who claimed to be eight years old. And he was claiming that that was... Oh, his. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking you, about. Yeah, you read that, right? And so that immediately made me think. I'm like, we live in a, a crazy clown world where everything is upside down. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of medical journal or who publishes what. I mean, when we talked about, when we talked about a lot of those health statistics and, and we shouldn't, we, I, I'd like to move on to some other things if that's okay. Let's yeah, no, no, this, yeah, we're, no, we're moving on. I don't know how we got into this subject, but what you're saying is that everything is being taught to us from a progressive lens is important for everyone that's listening here. You know, that's, that's the whole basis of our show is like recognizing the progressive lens that's out there and understanding that, you know, that this is, this is what's being done. You know, I, 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 uh, I have recently obviously changed my stance on the character of Martin Luther King Jr. Once you find yeah, out we'll break that down too, another time. Yeah. Seriously, like maybe not now, but no, not now, love but to break that down for people. The thing is, is that um, part of progressive culture also is that virtue of elevating civil rights heroes to the point where they're infallible. And we all know that MLK was a fornicating, you know, we don't have to get into it, but and, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna let you finish on that one. Well, what I'm saying is that's an example to everybody who's listening of how progressive history or progressivism has twisted our scope, you know, of 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 who we would call a righteous individual, God-fearing individual, when all the public evidence points otherwise. Like there were FBI investigations done that were released. You know, in America, actually, no, this is a fun fact, man. I only learned this from, from Arizona. Arizona refused to accept Martin Luther King Day as a holiday. It was the last state to accept yeah. that. And, 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 and I don't know the full history behind it, but I, I just know when I heard the story behind that, it was hilarious because he got caught and he was exposed for all the deviant acts that he was... Uh, participating in and arizona was really conservative at that time didn't want anything to do with martin luther king and so but eventually were right for doing so yeah they were but you know they they uh public enemy wrote a song about that <laughs> back in the day no seriously it was called uh something about arizona and, yeah and yes yes a... yes I've heard that before public <laughs> yeah. about it now i know what you're talking about because i've heard i just i've heard i've heard the whole story and it's like after you hear that and you realize it you don't you can't trust. Um, but it goes back to what I said. Black people don't know history. But, <laughs> but it's not just blacks. I mean, every single person, Christians included, they only know history from a progressive point of view. See, and, that, and I think that's probably what kept me as an atheist for so long is because I was always willing to accept Jesus. I just had no proof that he existed. 
because you know nobody could ever break it down the way you broke it down to me. Seriously. Well, I didn't do it. God did that. You know. No, no, no. I mean, because you know that's a carnal thing. You know, like it, it, it's it's just it, no. Seriously, it was you. God didn't. I you know God didn't talk to me. You spoke to me, and you sh literally showed me the book. You know, no, seriously. And if it wasn't for you. Because I know a lot of pastors. I know a lot of people. I had Christians, you know, parents, like real, you know, I wasn't raised by my own parents. I had, you know, my my coach and and his, you know, friend who later became his wife. Uh, they were the ones that were raising me. And, and but even they couldn't break it down. Like they never knew. Like nobody ever really knew uh, what, like how you explained it. Because for some reason you you. I don't really know how to explain it other than, yeah, you like, you got a gift <laughs> to communicate oh, and, and no, works in, in me as an instrument, because I, I want to just say one more thing, but you know, humans don't save anybody. It is God that saves. Yeah. yeah Jesus. Like you gotta like, without a doubt, Jesus is what just trust me. I, I know, you know, this and, and for yeah. all the Christians out there, they know what I'm trying to say, but without Jesus, there's nothing. Like there is no meaning to anything, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, everybody is equally blessed. And that's what we seem not to know. Even if you don't believe in God, you're still blessed. And that's why, and we're going to tie this back to what I was saying at the beginning of what you were trying to talk about the constitution. I honestly believe the U S constitution is a piece of Christian uh, faith. It just mm -hmm. is just like this, you know, the, what caused the slaves to be free it wasn't progressive ideology that set the slaves free it was the faith in jesus and knowing his you know his commandments the constitution is based on the commandments of jesus and so is the freedom of uh, uh to free the slaves the the mechanisms that free the slaves because if we didn't love god if we didn't love ourselves and if we didn't love our neighbors none of it would have happened and that's something that everybody seems to forget because we are so quick to condemn those who are different from us. The world's a freaking mess. I said freaking, but it's the truth, right? I mean, everybody should be able to agree that the world is a mess. Why? Because one, we don't love God the way we love, our, you know, we don't love ourselves the way we love God or whatever. And we don't love our neighbors. And that's the problem. And we, we want to be better than everybody else. So for every, you know, gay person out there who's thinking I'm, I'm hating them. No, I'm just explaining my point of view. We could all get along. We could all be friends, da, 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 da. But if you're doing something wrong, I'll tell you. And if I'm doing something wrong, I hope you tell me, like, if I'm going to try to, you know, put something in my pocket that shouldn't belong in my pocket, you should be, Hey, look, Drake, take it out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I've always had that. I've always had people in my life to say, hey, look, don't go too far with this. And why? Because they were looking out for me. And if you're looking out for someone, that's an example of loving your neighbors mm -hmm. or loving others. And that's something that this entire world literally lacks because we look at everything from a progressive point of view. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, and a lot of conservatives get this wrong too. And because this is not how it is in the streets. On the streets, it's not like dog eat dog world. No, you got to help the weak. The alpha person, alpha dog, alpha male, we said alpha dog, but 
I guess it's alpha male. The alpha male will always take care of the weakest person. That's a fact. That's always been that way. Alphas need to take care of the weak. That is how you survive on the streets because you never know. That weak dude might just have a gun one day and shoot you in your back. <laughs> so if you don't take, and the alpha knows this, they know the psychology of how things work. And if you don't have that mentality, then you are going to be screwed. And But guess what? If you're a Christian, in theory, you know that already. Why? Because not only do you love yourself, but you also love your neighbor. So it's like, look, you know what? I'm going to help you out. Why? You know, just for now, I'm just going to help you because you need help. Take it. Not a big deal. And that's how it works. That's how Christianity works. And that's how the Constitution works. The Constitution is made so everybody has individual liberty. Mm -hmm. doesn't come from the government. doesn't come from anything. But guess what? Once you achieve that, you also have the right to build a community. Yeah. And that's how Christianity spreads. And I know it's not literal multi-level marketing, but if you use that those principles and apply it to economics, that's exactly how multi-level marketing works. Everybody helps each other out. And the person who started it tends to get the most benefits from it. Why? Because they're the first ones to do it. You know, I got to say that that's true. I got to make a remark on that because we think of, okay, so I, I know that the reason why MLMs sometimes fall apart is because the people that get recruited in it are recruited under false premises. That's the main thing, you know, that's yeah. but here's the deal. You are right about the whole helping each other because you basically have to clone yourself. That's what that's what it's all about is making another one of you to do the work to spread the message and everything because that's all it is. It's like, well, the guy at the top is not more qualified than you. He's just brought more people, the idea, the product, the message, or whatnot. But we don't have to make this all about MLMs. But that that's a good that's a good observation, and sometimes I forget about well, that. But it but it goes back to. Like one of the comments was like, "Oh, how come the Muslims and Christians are fighting?" One, that's not true. Muslims and Christians do not fight. Christians are getting slaughtered, and there's a big difference. But anyway, but like in China, no, like in Iran, I'll, I'll give, I'll make Iran as a good example. Uh -huh. Iran went from a hundred thousand Christians to now there's about three million Christians in Iran, and the reason why it spreads is because they do it by loving the other person seriously when you are able to share what you have and help people love themselves yep it just spreads and it grows christians are not at war with anybody and when you talk about the christian crusades because that's the old the go-to oh the christian crusades the crusades yeah in a progressive world that was christians doing but they weren't christians there were people who were taught wrong about Christianity mm -hmm. because somehow, some way, Jesus changed the whole Samaritan people without killing anybody, without hurting anybody. He did it the same way they're changing people in Iran. I like how you, I like how you said that because I, I observed that as well. And believe it or not, there was just a radical actually spread of Christianity that's come across, you know, and people forget that countries like if you want to look at the first century, Iran, Lebanon, all those countries were the first Christian countries because that's yeah. where no, but it's the truth. Yeah, the truth. And Christians are not 
fighting, right? We have to understand who was in control when it came to the Crusades. It was, you know, right, Catholic zealots or whatnot. But also, you're right. I like what you said about that because it's not Christians are not fighting; they're just being slaughtered by Muslims. They're not putting up a fight. It's it's, you know, and and the thing is, is is uh, Jesus, our Lord, warned us about this. You know, the the persecution of the saints is a very is going to be a real thing and you will be hated for his name's sake. And that's the thing. And especially out in the middle East where it's a lot more incendiary over politics, economics, and even real estate, arguably real estate might be one of the biggest reasons, you know, that's, that's really the case there. So I like that you said that actually, can you talk a little bit more about that, about Iran and about just the spread of it? Because yeah, yeah. I go to the middle East. Uh, It's been a while since I've been there, but because your middle Tell us about your uh, your Middle East journey and your your little uh, uh, what do they call them? Oh, you're muted. You just muted yourself. You got to unmute yourself. No, you're muted. Uh oh, you gotta you've got a little mute. Well, there you. What did you hit? You must have hit the button. Click on your your screen and and unmute yourself. Oh, your mic isn't connected. It says your mic is there. It is. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, back. Cool. Yeah, I have no idea what had happened. <laughs> uh, my mouth moved and it just went boop and i'm thinking yeah i thought the baby curse did. word <laughs> curse word no 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 but that's my point uh yeah because of the baby i haven't uh i didn't need to travel mm-hmm. but because i need money <laughs> i'm going back in a couple of months all uh, right so no because i told uh we're, we're we're building a house out here and we just need money so <laughs> You live, you know. guys. Everybody listening, Professor Dreg lives out in the San Francisco Bay in the heart of the Tenderloin. So, uh, if you want to see rampant progressivism, that's yeah, I know, but it's the truth. I live right. In, oh, man, there was just uh, like a shopkeeper. I'm not kidding you. A shopkeeper beat somebody who tried to rob her, and she might get in trouble. That's because she's defending herself. She's a middle aged woman, a little bit older than me, and she was getting robbed and. Man, but she went to town because she's a, like a leather maker. So she obviously she has some weapons and she defended herself and there was blood everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping they didn't, you know, because I'm all anti-violence now. I don't believe in violence. I don't believe I I do not believe that's how you change minds, you know, because like I used to be a fighter. I used to be, you know, and I actually teach people how to fight and defend themselves when I go to the Middle East. Uh, we train people. And uh, but now I I don't believe in any of that anymore because um you know again I'm not struck scripturally sound like other people but I I really do believe in a nonviolent way you know MLK Jr. believed was saying that but he didn't really believe it because I don't know if people knew but they were stockpiling guns and weapons and he, so he knew if that stuff failed they were gonna just start shooting everybody but that's not. I honestly believe in a Christian way. I really do. And if they're going to kill me out there, whatever. You know what I mean? I, I'm not going to, like, I'll do my best to defend myself and try to get out of the situation. But uh-huh. I'm not going to try to hurt somebody. I'll disable them, hit, make them hit the floor, whatever. But on that note, that I'm just going to walk away. I mean, because there is no point in, in because... All, if I hurt somebody, all that does is make them into a martyr, and it just makes them believe it that much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just how it works, and that's just how it's always worked. But then with progressive ideology, 
we want to always live in fear. We fear each other. Right, right. I'm afraid of you. You're afraid of me. So therefore, we're going to stockpile our weapons and all this other stuff. But at the same time, people say, well, why do you believe in the Second Amendment? Because it shows strength. It deters people from walking all over you. That's why I train people to deter <laughs> violence. But we use our faith in Jesus to convince and change their hearts and minds. But having, you know, a little oh, size, <laughs> you know, it kind of makes them listen a little bit better. Because, you know, men respond to other men who aren't simps. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're a simp, no one's going to listen to you. Why would they listen to you? Because Jesus doesn't tell you to be a simp. They don't. You have to be, you know, a man of a, a strong man of virtue, which is why, like, I like I understand like why people say, oh, don't let women vote. But yeah, it worked back then, but it doesn't work now. We have to let women uh, vote. Why? Because it will show us who we are compatible with. Like, look at Kellyanne Conway and her husband. She is Trump's, you know, I don't want to say right-hand woman, but... Advisor, yeah, she's pretty up there. She's, she's a pretty... top advisor of Trump. But yet her... I don't, uh, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't want to say it, but her husband is a... You know what I mean? It, like, that's the kind of stuff that will get you killed on the streets. A dude like that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's her husband. Are you going to tell me that she can't vote, but this can that's insane how so but the thing is like this if you are a good uh i'm not gonna use that word good but if you are honest to god christian you're gonna put yourself with other people who are like you it's called fellowship you're gonna fellowship with the right individuals no yeah. but it's the truth that, yoked. yeah yeah no that i agree with well, hold on when i think of fellowship i think of lord of the rings you know what I mean? So, well, <laughs> term for getting together but with people, no, but that's but that's my point. See, we look at everything from a progressive point of view. Where I thought fellowship was just you know some you know go chasing well, the hobby. Or Tolkien happened to be a, a Christian. I don't yeah, know. No, but that's but but that's my point. But it's still skewed. You know yeah. what I mean? So pr everything is progressively. Everything yeah. we do it has a progressive slant. Oh. And, and 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 this is goes back to the constitution and everything else. Did the constitution say the IRS was totally legal? Did that I mean seriously? And the answer is no. We had no IRS when the country was formed. We had the IRS when FDR decided he needed the IRS. Well, technically, they, it came in nineteen thirteen under uh, Wilson. Well, but but. It, it did. It Federal was taxes. established. But here's the deal. FDR used the IRS specifically to go after his political opponents. And then after that, they just started taxing black people like crazy. That's what ended up well, happening. No, but seriously. And this is why we have to stop looking at it from a progressive point of view. If we really study history, we will see how Woodrow Wilson used the IRS. Well, it wasn't called the IRS, but he used the feds to tax blacks to fund things like food stamps social services for you know the veterans mm -hmm. to fund the kkk he brought back the kkk and labor unions he did that through taxation federal taxes 
that were not so because in the old days it was just went to the military. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Little military, da 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 da. But when Wilson came about, he brought about a brand new. He even started the Federal Reserve. Why? Because black people had a lot of money, a lot. But we can get into that later. Yeah, but, yeah. Real quick, real quick. Hold that thought. I'm going to address a super chat real quick here. RJ says most libs will try to pervert and shame your belief in Jesus. That's true. That's typically what happens. It's not about. See, here's the thing to, to remark on that thought. I'm glad we get to interact with the audience a little bit here. The the thing about about deception about the devil or the enemy is that it's not blatant lies. It's truths that sound it's lies that sound true, you know, because with a lot of truth, there's always a little a lot of lies. I mean, there's always a little bit of truth mixed in there. That's what makes it believable. And you know, if you sell you tell the same lie a thousand times, eventually somebody will believe it. You know, and that's just the nature of it. So it's true. It's true. And and I think that that's why I've told you that it's very important that as a Christian, we don't go off of how we feel or how we define Christianity, but what the Bible says. That's the, the final authority and faith and practice, and that's what we go off of. Just wanted to quickly address that. But yeah, the whole, I wanted to get, we've talked about that last year with the American Maiden Page show. But I, I think one of these days we got to go into a segment where you talk about black history as it was and not black history as it is because i mean I, I get that we're not all for just talking about blacks or asians or whatnot but you have to admit that the most polarizing and incendiary topics that happen today in america are usually over aspects of racism you know people will talk about slavery as if it just happened yesterday and i think for a lot of people they have they have a, a right to to feel that way but I just feel like it's misinformed. You know, it's through a progressive lens, as you said. Well, I mean, the whole okay. So I want because I really want to talk about taxation, right? Okay. Because that, that's like you know, and how because a lot of people say this: oh, taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. But actually, it's not. Taxation. That's, that's turning point USA. Turning point USA says taxation is theft. That's, yeah. No, but it, it's but but uh. Because like uh, like this one one of the comments uh, is talking about oh something I don't know like it's really hard to understand what this guy was trying to say. Jr. IDC I don't know what that means. I don't, uh, care. I don't care. Okay, too interesting that fear is a factor. You bring politics into it anyway. Hypocrite. Have fun with illusion. I don't know what illusion he's talking about. But it doesn't matter. Just you know. It's but what were but, you saying? But 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 they, uh, but here's the thing. Taxation really is not theft. Why? Because we are taxed because we move away from the word of Jesus. Not so much the Old Testament because the Old Testament has nothing to do with how this country is ran. Our country is ran through three basic uh, principles. Explain why when you say taxation in that way, because you got to break it down further. I'm no, not. No, I, no, I will. That's that's the thing because it goes back into uh, how I view everything now through a Christian lens. Now, and when I say Christian lens, I don't mean the scripture. I just mean through the two commandments that Jesus said: love yourself, love your neighbors. That's you or know, it's, I, it's love God and love your yeah, neighbors. yeah, love God as that you would you know love yourself as you will love God. You know because you know the scripture better than me. So, but you know what I'm saying, right? So that's how everything is set. In the beginning of this country, 
we only had a very limited taxation for the military. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was local taxes, you know, for the sheriff or whoever, but they got a stipend. It wasn't like a real job. They did it for whatever, right? So it was real Christian-based. That philosophy that Jesus had was how we ran this country from the beginning all the way up until 1913. Mm -hmm. And in 1913, progressives used fear-mongering to get everybody to literally vote for taxes. <laughs> it wasn't, and that's the thing, people don't get it. The tax system we have in right now in 2020 came from 1913 when the progressives became in power. They stopped hiding in the shadows. In the old days, the only way you could hear progressive ideology was at Princeton. You had to go to Princeton in order to hear it. You had to go to Harvard if you wanted to hear it. You had to go to Yale. Those are the only three universities preaching that stuff because, in theory, right. they're the best in sciences. Mm-hmm. Charles Darwin was their god. They were, that was their creator. So, And we can't erase that part of history. That's legitimate. If you do a very good research on, on, on Woodrow Wilson, you'll see he was the president of Princeton. Why? Because he was the cheerleader of progressive ideology mm-hmm. with all this stuff about blacks being monkeys and all this other stuff. But it's the truth. That's what they believe. Like, I am not kidding you. Like, uh, like, um, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Cause I, I know there's this way to put it up on, on, um, um, there's a way to put it up. You hit the share screen at the bottom. Yeah, the share screen so everybody can see it. But yeah, I'm going to have to like, it's just too much of a mess. <laughs> so no I'm worries. just going to read it. Uh, this literally is from Charles Darwin from that book, uh, The Descent of Man. Mm-hmm. And this really is the basis behind the motivation of progressive ideology. And now uh, this is Charles Darwin. At some future point, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace throughout the world the savage races. At the same time, the Atheromophorus apes, as Professor Shahshahar has remarked, will no doubt be exterminated. The break will then be rendered wider, for it will intervene between man and a more civilized state, as we may hope, Caucasian and some apes as low as the baboon instead of at present between the Negro or Australian and the gorilla. (laughs) Well, that was terribly racist, but I guess it didn't. No, but that's that was that's the motivation behind everything. What came out of progressive institutions mid 1800s till the early 20th century, and we've talked about. I mean, I did a whole segment on, you know, Margaret Sanger and all these other Darwinian eugenicists that follow that because eugenics follows the Darwinian method. It doesn't. Well, well that's the that's the scientific motivation for race, uh, for racism and everything. So why racism is necessary, because obviously the Bible's wrong. And therefore, science says blacks and apes look so much alike. They'll be extinct at the same time. But here is how they packaged it. Okay, how did they sell it to the people? How did all of these people who were Christians, who believed in Jesus, who loved themselves and loved their neighbors, why did they fall for it? Seriously, why did these people fall for it? 
Well, because in the same book, this is what he also said. With savages, the weak in body or mind are soon eliminated. Mm -hmm. That's so true. But anyway, and those that survive commonly exhibit a vigorous state of health. You know, them Negroes, they know how to, you know, we got to breed them together. They'll be super strong. We civilized men, on the other hand, do our utmost to check the process of elimination. Mm -hmm. We build asylums for the imbecile, the mean, and the sick. We institute poor laws, and our medical men exert their utmost skill to save the life of everyone to the last moment. See how that sounds so Christian? That sounds like Christianity, doesn't it? Because that's what we were supposed to do. But the thing is, Christians used and believed stereotypes. Because why would, like seriously, where in the wild do people just eliminate each other because they're weak? If you ever watch a pack of lions, uh -huh. a lion could have a broken back and guess what? They don't kill that lion. That lion stays with the pride. Mm -hmm. They might move slower and, you know, whatever this and that, but they still let that poor little lion be part of the pack. Now, I, I know like sharks eat each other inside the womb, <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about men. Do we honestly yeah. believe that's what happened with anybody who came from Adam and Eve's kids? Maybe in the caveman days, you know, the sixth day type of human being, they were doing that crazy stuff, but not the generations of, of, of uh, Adam and Eve. Everybody mm -hmm. looked out for the weak. It was always that way. In the Bible, I'm pretty sure... Jesus took care of the weak, all right? Isn't that his thing? And uh, But somehow, some way, Darwin convinced everybody that black people, native people all around the world, whether they're Australian or, or you know, Asian, because, you know, uh, well, I don't want to get into that tangent because I no, just... But I, like, I like that you're just taking literal quotes from uh, Darwin's book. And then when you read it back with that lens, I, I just... I just I mean, it's just crazy that the scientific community ate it up. But well, that's but see, but that's my world. I literally come from the world of science and logic, and everybody believes that. But I'm thinking it's a ripoff of Christianity. Like I swear to God, if he never, because like when I hear other people say it, but like I'm telling Romans ties everything together, at least for me. But. I'm telling you, when you see pastors and preachers, they do this thing like, I hate to beg on people, but like the Joel Olsteins, right? He's so rich, but he doesn't help his neighbors. He doesn't help, you know, like he doesn't well, help he the imbeciles because he's, you know, <laughs> televising well, his message. I know he, I agree with you, by the way. No, but, but do you see what I mean? Darwin was popular. Woodrow Wilson was popular. He made these laws. But by fear-mongering, oh, them crazy blacks. And we got a lot of them Chinese people down in California. So, no, but it's the truth. It, it's, it's true. It's true. Like, yeah. uh, um, I'm going to get into a little bit of the law. Uh, legally speaking, institutional racism only applies to Chinese and African Americans. Nobody else. Not the Japanese, not the Italians, not the whoever. Filipinos, Vietnamese, doesn't apply to them. Federal laws were never written to stop the uh, anybody except for them 
And a lot of people say this, well, the Japanese were put in internment camps. Well, there was no law written. The president was because of fear of Pearl Harbor. That's why it wasn't because well, of the no, 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 but it's not even that. The president of the United States acted wrongly, and the Supreme Court backed it because there were a bunch well, they got of reparations afterwards. That's what happened. Yeah, well, see, but that's the point. So yeah. even though they acted illegally, there was no law written about that. So under war powers and stuff like that, a civilian person can do whatever. And he had absolute authority like a king because people don't talk about this. But look, Abraham Lincoln, he was jailing people in the press. That's illegal, right? But he did it anyway. Why? Because he was at war. You can do things like that. When a president's at war, he has absolute power. And, and that's what happened to the Japanese. But when they left, they got 25 grand each and they're that's all rich. And they're okay. Those reparations, right? Yeah. yeah, no, but that's the whole point. And um, but going back to the taxation thing, taxation stems from fear. It is not theft. Taxation stems from fear that progressive ideology thrives on. It will not succeed unless there is fear. We have to fear each other. Well, here's another thing, too. Let me add on to that fear as an example global warming and climate <laughs> is a way to scare people into giving up the money to fund so-called environmental programs where the government just takes more money from you and doesn't do anything there's you know here, here's the thing i don't want to get into the science but all you have to do is visit newspapers from the past 20 to 30 years where so-called uh government geological scientists made claims that the earth was going to end in 1980 in 1990 in 2000 and 2010 and yet we're still here. no but but look I, coming from that world the only reason why I believe stuff like that, well, no, I never believe stuff like that. But the reason why I supported it, because, you know, I, I was never like, eh, I mean, I'm always against global warming and, and, and stuff like that. But the reason why people believe it is because they're arrogant. We honestly believe we can control the sun or the ocean. Control our atmosphere is the main thing. Pollution. We can't do any of that. We can influence it a little bit, but that's it. Nothing else. We have very little control over nature. You know, we just do. And for all those people who believe like, oh, CO2. Yeah, I was gases. we've talked about that extensively about, you know, for a lot of people here, we're not going to get into the science of it because that's that's not something that this show is about. But all you have to do is understand what CO2 is when it is in a, a solid format. Right. I mean, it's it's dry ice. So how can it be making the atmosphere hotter? Anyways, I don't want to get too far in that tirade, but let's talk a little bit more about progressive ideology. You know, dive into that more because revisiting progressive ideology and where we are currently is always going to be important because it's always going to be relevant. I mean, progressivism is rampant. It is all around us. You know, the mainstreaming of a lot of uh, degenerate behavior continues on. You know, I mean, I feel like like child <laughs> is for the biggest things where it's like, you know, I'm in a, I, I know people now that actively homeschool our kids. I feel like in 10 years when I have kids or however long, who knows how long it will be like, I used to think that 
okay, well, maybe it would be all right to still send your kids to public schools. But I've been reading some recent stuff now where they're being taught progressive sex education at the age of five or six. Oh, and, that's so crazy. No, yeah. that, that's crazy. That's insane. That That's, that's, I, I look, them kids barely know how to wipe their butts and, and they're going to be taught about complex situations. Are you kidding me? That's insane. That's see, but uh, gosh, darn it, man. Like that just makes me mad because that's what pedophiles do. You know, all of them people, they're perverted. They, 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 there's no here's reason. The thing, here's the thing about, about progressives. Have you noticed that in the past year, they actually don't try to actively hide behind it. Chenk Uger has been an advocate for like lowering. You told me this for, for low, you know, Chenk Uger, you guys, for those of you who don't know, Chenk Uger of the Young Turks and the Young Turks is a, is a name that we should talk about too in a second. But Chenk Uger, who I think was a congressional candidate for a little while, I don't know if he's still active or whatnot, but this guy has on a repeated basis advocated for the lowering of the legal age, right? To like 16 to 15 or something. And yeah. he doesn't to hide it and he said some outlandish thing like you know he i think he he encountered some controversy recently before for some past uh sexual remarks but they don't even try to hide it and this is chenk uger you know if, if if alex jones were to say that or if trump were to say it or any conservative it's fine but if it's a progressive left-leaning person i mean like the 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 mainstreaming of pedophilia is is rampant and that's the thing is like where, where's the line? Where do you draw the line when it comes to these types of things? These are people who are educating our youth. You know, these are people who are basically writing the curriculum and the school systems. And, you know, like, I'll be honest, like it's, it's public schools now, like I, other than the fact that you don't really learn anything, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. <laughs> know any better when you're five or six years old you don't know any better i can understand when you're like 13 and you're in like a biology class and you're like i believe in creation not evolution like you know like just kind of like irritating your teacher i used to do that but when you're five or six like you don't know anything <laughs> no, I, i'm gonna tell you a true story my boy uh, i can't say his name but um <laughs> but anyway oh my god so when i was coming up in the sixth grade, they showed uh, like sex ed, like childbirth. My boy literally fainted. He just like Ooh, and just fell back. And I, like we told that, um, but it's the truth. Like even in the sixth grade, like it was gross. It's like what the hell are you showing? The, but that, that, that's not for young kids. It, it's come on. It's just not for yeah. That that's uh, no. It, it's it's it's. Yeah so wrong it's, it's not even funny there is no reason why that needs to be uh shown to anybody because the schools the teachers have no idea what is taught at home so we don't know if one kid is ready to see something versus another because mm -hmm. one kid might be raised by medical doctors and they're all clinical teaching anatomy and other kids they still might believe in santa claus Right. You know, so, you know, come on, you're going to shock some kids for what? Because you want to show some oversized baby coming out of, of, you know, private areas. That's that's just there is no reason for this. Like, what is the uh, behavioral benefit for a kid to know about sex at such an early age? Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Seriously. I mean, does anybody have any idea? I want to hear it. You know, uh, I want to hear some comments. Why would there be any behavioral reason to teach kids about sex at such a young age? Seriously, what is the benefit? Mm -hmm. Seriously, I, I really want to know. No mm -hmm. educator's ever been able to tell me that. I know guys like uh, Dr. Oz or whoever might <laughs> say something, but it's fake. There is no reason. It doesn't benefit anybody. If anything, it turns them off from medicine because like, oh, I don't want to do that for a living. That's gross. And that stuff is subconscious of seeing the blood or whatever. That's really? <laughs> that's an interesting thought. I, I mean, I have no, I don't know about that. I don't know. No, if you're a kid, like my boy who fainted and you, yeah. they literally showed the child being born. <laughs> that was part of our education in the sixth grade. Why would they show a woman giving birth to a bunch of sixth graders? It doesn't freak them out to say, oh, now I'm gay. I'm never going to have sex. That That's not what happened. People still had sex. They still did whatever because it's the streets. But if somebody was inclined to become a medical doctor, seeing that as gross as it was in the sixth grade mind, it stays with you as an adult. And you mm -hmm. get freaked out over it. Oh, I'm screaming of blood or, oh, this I can, I can definitely see that. But um, that's the thing, you know, talking about just the introduction of it, like Cenk Uger, like he doesn't hide it anymore. This guy, I don't, I mean, I'm not calling him a pedophile, okay? But he is advocating for some of these sort of more lenient laws when it comes to how we determine who is a, a consenting adult. I mean, this guy, this guy didn't even try to hide it. There's a hilarious clip on YouTube of his past or whatever. And even his co-host, Anna Kasparian, is just sitting there like, wait, are you really saying this? And he's like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's how he talks, of course. But that's that's the thing. Interestingly enough, you know, the name the Young Turks, fun fact for all of you who didn't look it up, that was that's directly derived from an event in which in uh, during the Armenian genocide in which I think it was what over a million and a half Christians were massacred. Yeah, no, but it's the truth. And, and that's why genocide that history and a lot of progressives don't like to acknowledge. You'll talk about six million Jews or supposedly six million Jews and whatnot. And hey, hey, I got nothing. You know, I'm not here denying no Holocaust or anything. But here's what I have a problem with with this twisting of progressive history as well is that genocide and all of that type of you know hideous war atrocities were happening to all groups of people but there's always one particular one that is emphasized above all else and that's usually what i have a problem with is because when people bring that up they fail to mention the armenian genocide they fail to even recognize it they fail to recognize the fact that six million chinese were murdered at the hands of the japanese during world war ii you know the japanese were savage and one thing that i tell people all the time is we think about how bad mao was and hitler and Stalin, but you forgot well, they were bad. <laughs> <laughs> they were no, I know, but you forgot you forgot about the fourth dictator, you forgot about the emperor of Japan. Who yeah, had, no, of course influence from and and Japan. I don't know why you know Hirohito was never punished for his war crimes, and that's why we have a history out in the far east where like it's like you know, we, we talk about how bad Mao was, you know, killing a lot of people during the Cultural Revolution and whatnot. But mm -hmm. like, rape of Nanking and, you know, colonization of uh, some of the Western, I would say the Eastern shores of China by Japan 
in the early to mid 20th century nobody talks about and we're talking like the jap you think you think nazis are bad oh man japanese people don't they, like i i'm not i'm not you know condoning any of those acts but japanese people like the nazis took they have they have their you know their equivalent of their like high ranking uh officer right like the gestapo and the japanese had an equivalent of that but the, uh, anyways i didn't mean to go on a rant but all i'm saying is when we talk about these types of things that's another example of progressive history twisting our lens in that they don't talk about these things you don't talk well, about japan but during but you brought up a very good point i don't want you to get off that point i want to stay on it for a little bit because we got to add this seriously beyond the japanese uh yeah. emperor not being um Hey, I hear the counselor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> For everybody listening, the counselor is uh, Professor Dreg's fiance, and that baby that sometimes you hear in the background is his child. Just so you know. Yeah, I got lucky. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so but but I want to really make this point because not only I'm mean, because the emperor was punished a little bit or whatever. Like Japan, they. Uh, they 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 were punished a little bit you know what i mean with uh we built yeah, but, military but, but, base. you know for his war crimes though i mean his generals might have been punished but no, no but we took over japan basically you know like we made japan what it is today basically you know what i mean japan is like the philippines <laughs> you know, i mean people <laughs> might not know but it's just how it works i mean it's, it's a good country they're not gonna act bad anymore you know kind of like germany you know, we changed Germany, we changed Italy, you know, we, we, that's what we did. But progressives love to make you believe that the Muslim people are very, very good people. They're religious people. They, they're a peaceful country. But the bottom line is this. The Grand Mufti of Jerusalem was the advisor of Hitler. He was the one that told everybody, hey, do this. Hey, do that. Da, 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 da. We got to kill those Jews. Like, did the Jews die? Did, did the six million people die? Yes or no? And the answer is yeah. I, I believe they did. Uh, there is no reason to doubt that. So what had happened? Why did it happen? Well, because the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, and this is something that uh, a lot of blacks do believe for what like but, but again it's always a, a twisted version of, of just, history yeah. through a progressive lens the jewish people were considered black or asian so hitler used to, like if you study german and, and understand german you listen to what hitler was saying he never called the jews that we all say oh the jews died in the oven right he, he never called those people jews he used to just call them rats or bastards. He never even gave them a name. They were basically gypsies in Hitler's eyes. The Jewish people were considered the Orient. I mean, I hate to say this, but this is just real history. Hitler called the Jewish people Oriental Negroes or the Negro Oriental. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Hitler called the Jewish people, the real Jews, the Negro Oriental. And those people escaped persecution. But the Jews that you see today, like in Israel, they were the ones that were slaughtered. Because according to the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, they weren't real Jews. 
They were just a bunch of people who went from town to town like gypsies, taking over this, taking over that, and not sharing with their neighbors, da-da-da-da-da, just, and that's why they killed them. So, you know, like, when people say, oh, all these Jews, like, well, technically, and I agree with, like, I believe Hitler was right on that aspect, that the original Jewish people weren't the people that that are living like, like uh, what's that guy, the president? Benjamin Benjamin Netanyahu. Look, according to the Bible, in Genesis second second chapter, it's it's happened around that place in Ethiopia. That's where the Garden of Eden, some river, Ethiopia, blah 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 blah. Well, before so, we derail into that, I mean, there there's there there. I have to correct you on that. In that, nobody really knows the location of that, and you have to think about the world that was made pre-flood and post-flood, right? Because, you know, yeah, it's it's different now. Geography has changed. But, yeah, I will say but, that. No, but, but, no, but see, but here's the thing. Science can actually prove where those locations were. Oh, of course. Of no, course. no, but that's why I know it. the region of where Egypt at, like Libya, Egypt, all of those areas still exist. So those people still like the mummies and everything else if you dig up those bones and the mummies and all this other stuff they don't look like the people who live in like benjamin yet like no but like there was no mummy <laughs> of people and the bones when they redo the bones all of those people that they dug up uh -huh. did not look like benjamin netanyahu they just didn't they all look like 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 the way hitler described what an negro oriental would look like <laughs> seriously but that's what he called them so the people who died look like benjamin netanyahu and not like an oriental negro which is described in the bible and that's how the grand mufti of jerusalem who looks identical to benjamin netanyahu no but it's the truth it's weird like when you really look at history and study it the the grand muftis are not oriental negroes they're not. They are Aryans. They are considered the original Aryans. So when you look at the Muslims and you realize that every single Muslim Grand Mufti is white, like from Kentucky, white like a hillbilly, when you see that, you're like, wait a minute, I thought Muslims were black. No, that's just how the Muslims infiltrated and destroyed black people by taking them away from Christianity. Christianity has always been the foundation for every black person in this country. This is why we survived slavery and succeeded. But once you take Jesus out, boom, your life gets destroyed. But what did they replace it with? Nation of Islam yeah, and, Ali and, you know, Louis Farrakhan. That's what Malcolm happened. X used to Malcolm believe. X, exactly. This is why we have to talk about it. Right. Yeah, no, but, but, it, but it goes back to what I was uh, talking about about taxation and fear progressives cannot be successful unless there is something to fear we have to fear somebody in order to succeed the the military industrial complex that eisenhower warned us against why did he warn us against it he was a true christian man he was eisenhower was a general who was also a christian and that's why he was like you know what these freeways are a good idea so everybody can get around. I yeah. love myself and I'm loving others. That's what Eisenhower did. You could look at it from that lens. His policies 
were dictated on loving himself and loving others. That's why he did the 1957 Civil Rights Act. That's right. And we've talked based about on that. And that's why, like, everything I do, everything I see is always through that perspective. Obviously, loving God. I love God. You know what I mean? Because now I'm thankful. You know, seriously, like, I had no idea how blessed I was until <laughs> I met the counselor. No, but seriously. No, but, uh, 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 no, but like, her face on camera, which is unfortunate. But yeah, no, but it's just because of, you know, lawsuits. We sue governments and stuff like that. So it, no, but it's the truth. So it's, it's like, uh, so, uh, and thank goodness I'm not the one that goes to court and speaks to the judges. So, you know, I just do the background stuff. But but you know what I mean? So just for everybody's safety, whatever, it's just what we do. But anyway, so going back to this whole taxation thing, but that's the whole point. I believe that, oh God, because just like, like I wish I was more scripturally sound because I honestly don't know anything about the New Testament because I'm still reading the old. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. But I do understand the principles, the commandments of Jesus, because once you accept Jesus, right, once you accept it, you got to understand the commandments. And then once you apply that to everything, everything like magic works. Every single problem, boom, it's cured. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Going back to taxation. Uh-huh. The reason why there's taxation is based on that fear. And, and, and in 1913, that's when it officially happened. But mm -hmm. we want to ignore 1913 because why? If we just say, oh, well, FDR did it for political purposes. Like, no, it was done. Federal taxes were done to destroy Christianity. Why was it? Why was it? an anti-Christian thing, progressive ideology, taxes. Why is that anti-Christian? Because that was the only way to destroy black people. Mm -hmm. Because Christianity was the only thing holding them together. In 1865, 1870, 1890, blacks used to be the Asians of 2020. Blacks used to be the Asian group. Like they were the minority, but guess what? They were the top demographic in education and money and everything. What was it that made them successful? They believed in Jesus and their families were intact. And from there, they could do anything, anything. Now, fast forward to 2020. Let's look at Asians. Many Asians are more Christian than blacks. If you go to an Asian church, it's amazing how many Asian Christian churches are in the Bay Area. How many black churches are there? They're all small. They're little. It may be like 12, 13 people, but Asian people have like, pretty big churches you'll see a couple hundred people in it i don't go but you know because you know <laughs> i mean you know i like music and but anyway it's neither here nor there <laughs> it's just a black thing i don't know but 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 the counselor likes it you know what i mean yeah. i'm telling she gets down more than i do which is amazing to me but but that yeah. said but that's what asians have they have a faith in 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 christ that is not seen in the black community. And then on top of that, their families are together. And when you have that, you can do and have a very good education. And you don't have the same social pressures that you do when you're on the streets. Mm -hmm. See now, when you're on the streets, you got the pressures to succeed, you know, without family, without structure. So how do you do it? Well, usually you do it through making everybody feel good. Because when everybody feels good, they'll pay you for that. And that's how I lived 
my entire life, just feeling good. And people throw money at me because I can make them money. Da 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 da. No, uh, in theory, I used to believe like self love was feeling good. Those are two very separate things. Feeling good has nothing to do with loving yourself. In fact, most of the time it's, you know, counterproductive. Like when you're doing something that feels good, you're usually harming yourself. And I used to have a lot of women and that's not good. It's not because it, it's not just psychological, but it's kind of like a porn addiction, you know, like dating a lot of women. It, it, it's addicting, mm -hmm. but it's it messes with your mind. You can't you can't raise your kids properly. You can't hold on to your money the right way. I mean, you make money, but it goes out just like as fast as you make it, it goes. Yeah. And, and but that's what happens when you don't have Jesus in your life, because it's extremely difficult to love yourself mm -hmm. if you're always feeling good. So I, I've got to add something about about black Christianity and stuff as well, because you're absolutely right about intact families and, you know, more prosperous. You, you may not be like rich, but you you're you have a degree of wealth. And I can prove this actually statistically because and this is from a personal anecdote, but it is true with what I mark. I, I, and I, I have to be honest about this. I really do. I'm a, I do a lot of sales, right? I do a lot of marketing and sales. That's my job. <laughs> I, give people I've, I, I told you this story before, but I feel like it's necessary to mention. Oh, I know. I love Every it. Time I come across a black married couple, and I mean married, not we're together and we got kids. I mean, they're married. They are legally married. They have children. They have wealth. They have a degree of wealth. They like they have no debt. They've got money saved up. They're ready to invest. They'll spend five thousand dollars on the phone. I'm like, all right, this is great. But every time I encounter, like, if it's like a single parent or if it's just a dude who's just trying to do stuff, they're always broke. And I, I don't want to say things like that to generalize, but from my data, there is something to be said about <clears throat> stable family, intact family, and building things together. It's it's I mean I just I, I I that's an observation I've made where it's like I tell my my the guy who sets me calls I'm like hey if it's you know a black person and they are married <laughs> ask them also if they're a Christian and I'm guaranteeing you they have money and I don't say that because like I want to take their money but they're in a position where they want to invest <laughs> else where they want to better their lives and they're not impulsive about it that's a key thing too and so. I just, I just thought that was an interesting observation. It's like when you talk to hundreds of people on the phone, you start to notice patterns. Oh, you left. And no, what no, you no, no, I'm, no, no, I'm listening. That's the pattern I've realized is that black Christian, everybody in the chat, let's just put it, put us, I know I'm stereotyping here, but you know what? This is a good stereotype. We ought to embrace positive stereotypes. All I'm saying is if you come across intact black Christian families, all of them are well off. They're like, they're actually doing better than like conservative together white family and, and it blows my mind because i'm just like what and they're like yeah we're you know we're we, we're gospel we we believe in christ and i've been married to my lady for 25 years we got 10 kids and they're doing well it's just like wow and, and this is just strictly from my experience you know because i i sell things to people so i've noticed that you know but if they're like single and they're on welfare and whatnot and they got a broken family and you've got kids by like four different women it's just like when you mention that thing about how money just slips out of your hands, it's like, 
that kind of that that reminded me of those experiences that I've had. And this is from a business standpoint. This is not even yeah. I'm not bringing politics or race or anything, but that's just what I've noticed. You no, know, you got to be realistic when you're making sales. You don't like if you're promoting for a club or promoting like AT&T things, you're not going to go to a dude that's broke. You don't you don't go, you know, catfishing for uh, off a person yeah, who has a bunch of kids and a ton of child support, and, and you know what I mean. Chatting, I'm gonna get water, but you keep chatting. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's not who you. That's not that's not your target audience. And uh, you know, but I want I want to I really do I want to address this uh, um, about the thing about autism and everything else, um, because I, I got this funny feeling people are believing that I'm against all taxes. Uh, I believe taxes are necessary in order to take care of the weakest of the group, you know, because uh, obviously, well, let me, let me retract this. When you have something, because, because uh, uh, I, I know a lot of medical doctors disagree with what I say, but I honestly do not believe autism in itself is a disease. I believe autism is a symptom of a greater problem. So if you're, uh, if you're autistic, you know, there's, different degrees you might have some form of uh developmental disability or something else like that <clears throat> but anyway so long story short uh i do believe in taxes but not the way it's done today and if it was up to me i would never support any type of taxes i believe things like taking care of children who are autistic or you know developmentally disabled or mentally ill you know, orphans or whatever. I honestly believe that churches need to start taking care of those people. It doesn't matter who they are. They don't need to belong to that church, but they don't pay taxes at all. They're tax exempt. You know, these mega churches, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they make so much money, but I would love if they would use that money and take care of people who were not of the same faith or went to that church and just help them anyway, mm -hmm. because that's how you change societies by you know by doing that whole thing loving yourself loving others shit you're blessed to have a mega church do some good you could honestly end almost all problems by taking care of those who are the weakest of the group because the people who are middle class or the people who are um you know well off or whatever they don't need help they don't need charity why would you know they don't need any of that stuff let them give freely to the churches and let the churches do their thing because that's how it should be done i don't care if it's education or whatever the public needs to stop funding these things they really do public education's a joke you know i sent my kid to a private school why because not just because i was rich because i knew she was going to get a good education yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's just how it works. I mean, you know, where, where I had my house, most of the kids were idiots. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Um, but, but the thing is like this, they weren't highly motivated parents to teach their kids. Cause I know you're kind of against it a little bit, you know, the tiger mom thing, you know, but you know, when my kid graduated high school, she had two years of calculus under her belt. And if it was up to me, she probably, you know, would have had three or four years worth of advanced math. But, you know, she didn't want to do it. So I don't want to push her too hard. But on that note, public education's a joke. Paying tax for stuff like that for the public benefit is not the government's job. 
The government's job is just to regulate the military and handle our foreign affairs. That's basically it. We don't we'll make sure we're also not breaking the law, like taking each other's stuff and killing each other. But but that's not the feds. That that's local cops. Those are local taxes. Oh, okay, okay. That's you know what I mean? So we should have like one sheriff for each county and just handle it like that. Like, you know, men should handle. I hate to say this because I don't want to sound sexist, but men should be able to handle their own affairs. Uh-huh. I shouldn't need to call a cop. If someone's ripping me off, I should figure out how and who is ripping me off and then let me handle it. Why do I got to have some cop do it for me? They don't care what happens to me. So why would I care what, you know what, not the, why would I care? Because that's not Christian. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I should be able to handle my own affairs and, yeah. and get, you know, retribution <laughs> my own way. You know, without hurting anybody or anything like that. But you know what I mean? If this is some kid stealing from me, maybe I can help him out. Maybe uh, we can make a deal and, and, and he'll work for me or something like that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things we can do. But since we took the church out of our communities, we don't have those options anymore. See, because back in the old constitution days, that's what happened. Men handled things themselves. You know, and that's just how it worked. The alpha males took care of everybody, the, the widows and people like that, even the single dads, because a lot of the women died during pregnancy, you know, childbirth or whatever. Yeah. The, the Christian dudes would support them single parents. You know what I mean? The single fathers. Well, and it that's was, a part of the function of a church, too, is to take care of the widows, take care of the poor, uh, that type of thing. And we talked a little bit about this as well. That was the original purposes of the church, right, is, is not – you know, it's not to institute well. We we could talk about welfare all day, but go continue your point. I just wanted to add to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the thing is like this. Uh, uh, yeah, I want to make let. I am not a gangster. I don't. I don't believe in any of that crap. And 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 I think being. Uh, yeah, I, I just. Yeah, I stay. That that's for weak minded people. <laughs> but but that's the thing. See, Jesus is like the anti gangster dude. He just is. All he taught was loving your, you know, love God, love yourself, and, and and loving your neighbors, and try to bring everybody up. And if you can't bring everybody up, then what's the point? And and that's why you know I think Christianity is in, in a lot of trouble because we don't understand that this U.S. Constitution really is a Christian document. It is based on those fundamentals. You cannot succeed without it. Slavery ended. We allow progressives to rewrite our history. And, and and therefore we have stupid laws like taxation. We ask to be taxed. We literally ask to be taxed. And then idiot people say, oh, no, that's theft. No, it's not. If you honestly believe it's theft, you don't know your Christian philosophy. You don't know the scripture. I don't know the scripture, but I know the philosophy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the truth. And it's not my job to know scripture. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the one converting people. So all I have to do is live, you know, be an example, I guess. You know what I mean? Like just just uh, be a positive example of what Christianity can honestly do for you, mm -hmm. you know. And, and hopefully when I go to the Middle East, I can change some minds, get some policies done. And then people start looking at things through a Christian perspective because I really never understood it. You know what I mean? Like uh, like I never been to the Middle East understanding Christian philosophy Mm -hmm. never but now that i do it yeah it's gonna look a little bit different on your end and everything and uh 
you know that that'll be interesting you know i'm definitely when are you going to to the middle east when is that happening Jesus. uh i i know exact day but i'm i'm debating if i should say it but it's sometime in april i'll put it to you like that okay I guess when we don't do the show, you'll know where I'm at <laughs> because I don't want people trying to guess exactly where I'm going to be because, um, uh, crap. Cause some things we can't talk about, I guess. Yeah. And, I, I, know, know. I know. There's so guys, just to give you guys uh, a little bit of info on my co-host here, for those of you who are new to the, to the show, you know, um, obviously we ha we've actually done over a hundred, and 10 episodes there's 110 episodes from 2019 that we've done and we've talked about all these things but for those of you who are, are new um my co-host here who's not even using his real name because <laughs> everything obviously <laughs> a lot of, uh, work that i mean is i don't think it's questioning i mean it's not it's not illegal it's just very there, there's a nature of secrecy in your work right you do yeah no because we you gotta have like like I have minimal amounts of clearances or whatever. So Got yeah, it. I'm not a big deal or any, I just don't want to lose my job. <laughs> no, because it's, it's, uh, it could happen. Yeah. Mm, there we go. Um, but, but you know what I mean? So like, yeah, cause like whenever I do anything, I get paid up front. So uh, I already got paid and, and I just don't want to, jeopardize anything <laughs> no because i told you we're trying to build a house and everything i i honestly i was retired but because it got more expensive than what i thought i just had to take the job i was like we need like 20 fat real quick and just you know because i'm not gonna be gone that long i'm just gonna be gone for a couple of days got it so. got it Okay. You know. What's another thing we can touch on? We got another hour here on the show, you guys. So well, I wasn't done with the, the whole taxation thing. I don't want to move okay. on yet. No, no, because I, I want I really another hour. This is gonna be a three-hour show. We all, we're gonna do three-hour yeah. shows on Thursdays. That's how it works now. Yeah, no, no, because I really don't want to. Um, yeah, because well, I mean, I mean, no one's really talking about. I don't see the. Um, no one really yeah, cares about taxes. Off after a while. That's what I was telling you. You know, there's only so much you can do. But if you talk about something interesting, like you know, Meghan Markle. Oh, I wanted to talk about Meghan Markle and and Prince. Well, I don't know. Is that interesting to you? That's just more about you know how I think Prince Harry made a mistake dating a single mom. But yeah, no, no but <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but, but see, but that, but but I, I'm. It, yeah, the whole thing really is interesting. I mean, because, uh, yeah, again, like, I understand how it's not interesting because, you know, we're just celebrity worshiping and stuff like that. But the thing is, in theory, mm -hmm. the king and queen were chosen by God, right? So <laughs> what? That's what they believed. I mean, if you go to Thailand, I think I think the UK is largely. Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, okay, but like in the old days, way back in before the internet or whatever. But like you know, seventeen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds, whatever. Everybody, it was said that God chose the kings and queens. Uh huh. Every, even Christians believe that. Oh, God chose that. And and if you look at Thailand, they say the same thing. Oh yeah, because God made them king, so they're blessed by God or whatever. So in theory, kings and queens are blessed by God, right? So, but it was interesting that she, he dated a, a, a single mom. 
right? Doesn't she have kids or no? Yeah, she had she's divorced once and I think had a kid from a previous. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know enough about that, but I, I heard that. So I was thinking, oh, man, that's that's uh, I thought that went up against their religion. Like, well, I, also, I, I mean, I, I didn't know that you could just be a regular person and marry into the, the royal family. But again, I did. I, I mean, I don't know much. I don't follow this type of stuff. But apparently, yeah, that's a thing. You know, that's a that's the that's the idea here. I'm personally remarking more to the fact that, you know, Prince Harry wasn't really aware of a lot of those those flags. You know, it's kind of like this woman's been divorced once before, um, you know, feminist. Uh, has a <laughs> relationship with her father. It's like all the red flags that you would expect uh, when it came to picking an ideal mate. And you have to understand they've only been married for like a year and a half. And now I think there's a reason why she's going to Canada because the divorce laws in Canada is overwhelmingly favor the woman. And if she divorces him, she basically gets to live a, a royal paycheck for the rest of her life that I would imagine is pretty substantial. So... Oh man, no, but oh, God, that really just pisses me off. <laughs> just no, because I know so many ladies that done this. You know ladies? what I mean? Yeah, no, ladies. Like I, I know so many ladies that literally they bank on, on divorce. I mean, think I mean, because uh, like I am not sexist, but I'm going to sound sexist right now. But if you look at all the richest women in the United States, yeah. I I could only think of two women who did not fit this uh, stereotype. Oprah, but, yeah, and Martha Stewart. That's the oh, other one. Yeah, I, I actually can only think of three: Oprah, Martha Stewart, and J.K. Rowling. Those are the only three women that are. No, like, but I'm talking about American women. Oh, American <laughs> women. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, but this is how bad it is in the United States because there's a lot more self-made women in England than there are in the united states uh-huh in the united states it is an industry to divorce your husband yeah because That's every woman gets their money or divorce everybody you know what about jayla eh, you know what i mean who knows what she got <laughs> from our daddy man I don't <laughs> Because here's what people will typically bring up, like, oh, Madonna or J-Lo or whatnot. But they're not your typical, you know, average American broads that are walking around. It's just, you know, they're not the exception. They're, it's just, okay, yeah, I get it. But I know what you're saying because I'm not saying this from the perspective of what I've seen with divorce, but just from knowing people who have gone through the marriage and family court system that – and that's an unfortunate thing, you know. I mean, I believe in marriage. I believe in what it represents. I would want to get married, but it'd have to be to the to the right person, you know. But I can, I, you know, I I definitely know that with Toronto, not Toronto, but Canada, Canada the, yeah. I, my theory is the reason why I believe that they would go to Canada is because the the marriage and family laws there absolutely tear men apart even more so than here in the United States. I watched a Joe Rogan episode where he was talking about. Dave Foley, Dave Foley's divorce or something. It's mm -hmm. like a 20 minute long rant about Dave Foley talking about his divorce. And it's just the craziest thing. And it's because he's Canadian that apparently if you can't make your child support and alimony payments, they put you in jail. I mean, I, I know that happens here, but like there it's even more severe from what I hear. 
Like, you don't want to, like, get married and divorced in Canada. Like, that apparently sucks. Well, let me enlighten you a little bit. In California, you can be third striked for felony non-payment of child support. Okay. I am not kidding you. That's how bad it is in California. I literally saw this dude. And, you know, the courts were just bagging on him, saying all this crazy stuff. Oh, well, you know, social services have to pay this and social services have to pay that. You know, can you pay child support? And the guy goes, no, I don't, I don't have a job. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to make ends meet. And, and, you know, the money I make, you know, for my other job, um, like a part time job, I, I don't have any money to pay child support. Mm-hmm. Then he goes, OK, I got no choice. Third strike, felony non-payment of, uh, of, of non-payment of child support. I was like, it doesn't make any sense. You're literally yelling at this guy, telling him how he's a deadbeat and how society has to take care of his kid and all this other stuff. But yet you're going to send him to prison so we could take care of him, too. It makes no sense. But no, California is crazy. You can go to jail for life in California if it's a felony non-payment of child support. Yeah. And I don't know the specifics and what makes felony non-payment of child support. Like maybe if the kid was in a foster home or something like that on top of your child support or, or med, you know, not paying back Medi-Cal because people don't get it. A lot of men in California have to pay back the government for anything that was spent on their kid. It's huh. crazy. It, it's not like, cause everybody goes, Oh yeah. Medi-Cal. And, no, 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 no. Medi-Cal is only free to women and their children but on top of the government taking taxes they also make the man pay in california it might be rare but it happens mostly to blacks (laughs) because i've never seen a white guy get convicted of this i've only i've seen one mexican and mostly blacks so blacks and mexicans are the only ones i've seen uh you know get persecuted for non-payment of child support where they went to prison like literal, not county jail, because you start off at the county jail. But if, if you continue not to pay, you miss payments, then it becomes a felony. First, it's a misdemeanor, and then it becomes a felony. And I'm thinking, this is so counterproductive. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. But again, you know, what the hell? You know what I mean? What, what you know, <laughs> the government just makes no sense. But everybody believes in it, because why? They're afraid. They got all the, oh, I need it. I can't support myself and all this other stuff. And, and you know, so it's an industry. A lot of women, like I said, I'm mean, I stand by this. I know. Well, think about it. I uh, hate to say this, but look at Oakland is a perfect example. Oh, yeah. I lived there for six years. I know. <laughs> no, but did you hear about uh, McCarthy Boulevard? Those two broads literally went into some dude's house, took it over. And now they live there. Seriously, they pay no rent. They're not going to move out. They went to court. The guy got a legal eviction. And because, you know, he bought the house. It was a junker. Yeah. And he wanted to, you know, flip it a little. You know, you know how they do house flipping. Yeah, of, course, of course. So these two women literally occupied that house. And the guy goes, look, I will pay for two months of your living expenses to move out. And they still said no. Even though the court already kicked him out. Just go into this guy's house and decide that they want to squat and live there. But that's the point. It's an industry. This whole, like, 
the Bay Area is I'm surprised Meghan Markle didn't move to the Bay Area because she probably would have ended up very well there, too. But I, I believe it's because also the media is not as bad in Canada as it is in California. Like if she lived in the Bay, it'd be nonstop paparazzi all over the place, you know. But on that note, going back to that thing in Oakland, that's what women do in Oakland. You hate to say it, but because they're black. But you know what I'm saying? Because it makes me mad. I'm thinking, man, you ignorant, blah, 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 blah. Like, seriously, uh, uh, like, because I, I was going to go into a quote, but since I don't have it up on the screen, I won't do it. But but the um, I got to get the hang of it. But anyway, what it's the government allows these people to make money off of other people's successes. It, it, that's a real industry. Yeah, leeching, right? Yeah, well, I don't need it's worse than like at least the leech has something to offer. These two broads didn't even, you know, I don't want to say, you know, something bad, but you know what I'm saying. Listen, like I need to understand this. I explain it to me. How can you just break into somebody's house and just you can't? It's against the law. Like, why are they why? But why are they getting away with it though? That's my question. Because the mayor said, Hey, look. Told the police, don't arrest them. Why? And the mayor can do that. The mayor tells the police what to do. The police take orders from the police chief who takes orders from the mayor or the city attorney. Sure. And that's how it works. I believe this was, I mean, I don't have any proof, but there is no way the sheriff of Alameda County didn't go, because usually the, the sheriff will do this. Yeah, but there is no way the sheriff wouldn't evict these two women. It they don't need the guy didn't have to give him any money. He already won it in court. He has a court order for these women to leave. But it has to be an orchestrated. Right, but why? If if I were in his shoes, I would basically just grab him by. The, I don't want to say grab him by the hair, just throw him out. No, but I'm serious. Like if because here's the thing, I would be that angry. I would be that frustrated. Be like you got to get out of my house. Like how can you be here? I would just come back with a gun and just, like, <laughs> you know, like that's. Well, this is what I told the counselor. Thing because, like, what's the guy doing then? He just goes to work nine to five, and these women just like live in his house. I mean, I know about cooperative housing. It's easy to scam people over cooperative housing. That's a real thing in the Bay Area because it's so expensive. But like, this guy could come back with like, you know, you know, a Glock. So no, but because a lot of people are confused. So let me explain this. This is how it happened. There was a house that nobody was living in. It looked abandoned. Right. Oh, okay. 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 So a guy who doesn't want to be identified in the media bought that house so he can, you know, do his, uh, you know, live in there, fix it up and sell it to somebody else or maybe move in himself. But right. the way the media says, oh, he's a developer like this, but he's not. Developers don't buy broken down homes, right? That's not what developers do. Developers buy a lot of land, like an acre, three acres, five acres, and build tons of units. Mm -hmm. They're not going to build one unit. They're going to build 20, 30 units. And right. if they have more land, they'll build, build 100, 150, whatever. So these two black women said, hey, look, what if we move in here, call the media, and make a big stink about we need more public housing and all this other stuff. And oh, that it was, I, I, I mean, I can't prove it, but I've been around long enough and 
you know, with the legal system and I know how things work. And that's, that's what happened because there is no way the sheriff is not going to listen to what the judge says. The guy went to court, did everything right. He goes, look, I got to make this. I own the house. I have to make it livable because, you know, look, if you're here, there's all these liabilities, which is true. There's a lot of liability when you own land. So he's trying to do the right thing, make it, and he could sell it. And he even said, I'll sell it to a nonprofit. What, I think that was his intent, to sell it to a nonprofit at below market rate. But he wanted to make money with that, right? But no, 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 no. Not these, I can't say. Um, <laughs> God, no, because I want to say, you know, certain words, but, um, you know, I can't. But that's just, but it's not that, you know, because I know a lot of people that say, oh, why do you use those words? Because like everybody says the N word. You know, it's not like it's not a racist term. It's just you. You can because you're you're black, but you no, know. but no, but even like, uh, yeah, you just don't want to do that. But but these two ladies, it's insane that they honestly believe they should live in a house for free because housing is a public right. It's not a public right. It's not. It's not a civil right. It's not. Nobody has a right to own a house. Well, you don't have a right to food, so I don't even know what. Right. Yeah, you don't have a right to anything. That's the point. See, and then, and then a lot of atheists will say this. Oh, now you're being hypocritical. See, this is where everybody says, oh, you're hypocritical now. But no, 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 no. If you honestly understand Christianity, you always know you got to love God, love yourself, and then love others. So taking things for free is not how you love yourself. That's how you feel good. Seriously, because when you take something that isn't yours and it's free, what's stopping the other guy from taking it because it's also free? I used to work with some dude from a, a, some African country, I, I, like Nigeria, Somalia, I don't know. But uh, he, he was an immigrant or something like that. And he, he was telling me, he was breaking it down. I was like, yeah, man, like over there in, in, in Nigeria, it, it's, it's uh, this is when there was like a lot of... Uh, no, not, not it's Somalia. He was Somali. No, no, not Somalia. Gosh darn it. I always forget. <laughs> Niger. He was from Niger. Okay. So when, no, no. It's, oh, God. No, because Africa has gone through so many problems, like so many dictators and stuff like that. But when the dictator, I think it was Cameroon. I don't know. Either, I don't, it was when they had those bad, uh, when they were killing all those people uh, and whatever. But uh, cause it wasn't the four, not like that, because that that's in Sudan. Uh, ah, God, there was so many atrocities in Africa. It's not even funny. But he was one of those refugees. He, you know, got a job as a nurse or whatever. It's a cool, dude. But he told mm -hmm. me, man, it's so crazy. People don't understand what it's, you know, what it's like over there. He goes, when you see somebody with Nike shoes, you know that guy stole it, and uh, and um, you know, he goes, <laughs> and if you want them. Because they, you know, you got to steal it from that guy. You got to kill him. Yeah, steal it. Yeah, from you got to kill him to get those shoes. And I said, "Do you ever do that?" And he goes, "No," because I don't want somebody killing me over some shoes. <laughs> yeah, but it happens. Yeah, but you see how that's anti-Christian taking stuff for free. Well, stealing is, is, is... No, 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 no. Forget about the killing. Just taking things that are free. Well, that's that is anti-Christian because people should not take things that are free. Jesus doesn't say loving yourself is getting free stuff. That's not how it works. Because when you take things that are free, it usually takes force. What mm. is 
free. Everything there, everything has a cost. Everything has a price. Right, right. So these ladies are using force to take somebody else's house. What is that teaching other people? Take things by force. By Christian. Yeah, but this, and that's the thing. I gotta chime in with my thoughts. This is unbelievable that something like this could continue to happen. But now that you've explained it about how this guy was buying a house, he wasn't residing in it. So I can see how that would be a different, but it was, I, you know, the funny thing is you, you see a lot of those uh, fixer uppers and those beaters out in, in, in Oakland. In and, Oakland yeah. And, and people, people squat and live in these, in these houses, all kinds of conditions Whoa. are not even cleared for uh, being able to live uninhabitable the ghost ship fire that happened in oakland like a few years back that was because a bunch of people were squatting in a warehouse they had they had aspects of the warehouse that were sectioned off just for people to like you know squat and put a bed in and you know the whole i mean i, I feel bad because the, the place burned in the ground you know it wasn't yeah. fire or whatnot because it was a warehouse it was like a storage center well, people did you see the RVs in there? They literally oh, had RVs in the ghost house. house. Where it was just like they were just subleasing those units to like broke artists and college kids. I know because I went to a concert there once back in my, my college days. And that place is breaking. <laughs> uh, but that's how Oakland is. Like, I mean, for a lot of you people who don't know, I lived in Oakland for six years. And, you know, you're in San Francisco. so you know. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, that, that, that's the real thing. People... People don't have their own place. They kind of they they're either they bunk in with five other people, or they just have like the, like a hammy a, a hammy setup. I mean, these people are living in warehouses, and like you know, the only thing that's separating you from your roommate is like a little curtain that you set up to just divide the space. That's just how it is. <laughs> no, but I, I like that one. Cut. Sounds like Detroit. Yeah, it's exactly like Detroit. And, and, and you know, because I, um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but but that's the power of Christianity. It really is. People don't understand how what these women do. That's the progressive goal. It is to be anti-Christian. And these black women bought it hook, line, and sinker because in the 1800s, no black woman would have ever done that, ever, never, ever, ever, ever. And uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it. Because um, because there's this quote from uh, Madam C.J. Walker, which is really good. And so I would like to post it up. Yeah, I mean, I, you might be able to post this because you're probably faster than me. But just look her up. Uh, Sarah, Madam C.J. Walker, Sarah Breedlove. She spoke at the uh, National Negro Business League Convention way back in 1912. And this is what she said. I'm not kidding you. She said this, and this would like blow the minds of any black woman listening to this today. She is the very first self-made millionaire in the United States, was this lady. And she wasn't even the richest black woman of her time, but she was right. supposed to become a millionaire. This is what she said. I am a woman who came from the cotton fields of the South. From there, I was promoted to the wash tub. From there, I was promoted to the cook kitchen. And from there, I promoted myself into the business of manufacturing hair goods and preparations. Mm -hmm. I have built my own factory on my own ground. That's what she said. Can you imagine that? Imagine what blacks used to be like with the yeah. philosophy. Pre-progressivism, man. You know, with Christianity. Progressive ideology really teaches you. It, you know, and we went back with Darwin and all this other stuff, but that's the difference. This thing in Oakland, it 
pisses me off because not just because I'm black, but I know what how it used to be like. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and it just makes me mad. And, and oh, man, like this. And one of these days, we got to really go into the history of it. And I did a whole segment just talking about how Reconstruction was the best time to be black. I mean, you have Texas A&M. It's like that forgotten part of American history. Well, hey, surprise, you actually had black politicians that serve in state senates and even in Congress that kind of have gone out forgotten, right? You had black businesses. You had black banks. But the black funny banks. thing is, I'm not kidding you. It was a black women. What happened to, oh, women's suffrage. Oh, women couldn't vote. Women didn't drive. Women couldn't do all this BS. It's all a lie. Everything from a progressive ideology is a lie. Because I haven't gotten to this part on the Bible, but I'm looking forward to it about how the devil lies and cheats people and stuff like that. They <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but you know, I wanted to see like the real good stuff, you know, like how because dude, like this is what the devil does. He makes everything look like it's good. I right, take this house. It's there. It's abandoned. You can make it your own. This guy's not doing something. And, oh, God, you know what these two chicks did? These broads, man, it's incredible. You know what they did? They, I don't know how they did it, but I, I honestly believe the marriage behind this. But somehow, some way, the guy is going to sell this house to a nonprofit who's going to subsidize their mortgage for them. That's scary hmm. because, you know, one, that means the government can force you out of your house, even if the judge says it's your house, because they'll say, no, think about this. The guy, it's, your, but it's, it's his property. He owns it. No, How but, can you it, but the judge, see, but here, look at it now from the government perspective, the okay. judge already gave them an eviction notice think about that the dude did everything right when you evict somebody you have you just can't give them a 30 day notice or a 60 day notice and say hey, you gotta go you gotta do the 60 day note he did all that he gave them a, uh, a 30 day notice because they're squatters they were only there for a month and then after the 30 days they didn't want to leave so then after the 30 days expires you go to court and then you get an eviction notice from a judge. Now the government is involved. The judge already ruled that what these women were doing were illegal and the government wants them out because that's what the judge says. The judge represents the people as well as the uh, landlord, the, the, the property owner. But the mayor somehow, some way, tells the police who's supposed to enforce the, you know, the judgments because that's, that's the sheriff's job. The sheriff is literally supposed to take these women out because they have a court order to do so. Right. But guess what? The mayor goes, nope, I don't want that. I'm going to tell these cops not to do it. Do not enforce the judgment because, you know, we have oversight over the judges. And that's not right. But somehow, some way they did that. And, and I'm telling you, this is this is how the devil wins. This is what satanism looks like because a lot of people don't talk about things like this because they when they talk about satanism they talk about brimstone and fire pits and scary things but that's not how it really works because anything anti-christian 
obviously is from the devil. This is what the devil's playground looks like. It's pretty nice. I got a free house. No, no. Subsidize it. And and I'll agree with you on that. You know, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's just some of the major, major issues that we deal with. It's, it's a lot of it is based off of deceit, but I like, I mean, I think, I think getting people to become more aware of progressive ideology, right. Especially how it manifests in this type of injustice is important because it almost feels like it's just constitutionally unsound, you know, and, and that's that's the the crazy thing is remember a long time ago when it came to the law, the way you would define two things is as people and property. Well, more and more, that's how people rationalize this type of behavior. And that's how we rationalize even for the killing of babies. You know, really, when it comes down to it, really, that's I heard that once where the only two terms that are like universal in law because everything else you have to define is person and property but this is a, is a unique situation where it's kind of like it doesn't matter anymore and that's why people can justify it people can justify killing babies people can justify evicting people from their own houses and it's nuts right and the progressive agenda here's the big, big thing that we didn't even talk about in the two hours that we've been talking that we brought up many many months ago what does it all come down to? The manipulation of language. That's really what it is because people, people, how are, people are educated through words, through knowledge, and through the languages, right? But understand that a very, very basic component of progressivism is just the lie manifested in confusing words, right? And like, for example, not confusing, but words that don't really mean what it is. Planned Parenthood is the perfect example. Are they really planning all of these young women for parenthood? No, quite the opposite. They're actually killing your babies and harvesting the placenta for stem cell research and doing other God knows, you know, evil things. And, and that's the thing is that that's the irony of it. That's the irony of reproductive rights. It's not... It, how can you call it reproductive rights when the thing that you're advocating for is the antithesis of reproduction? But see, you, you notice how the American public takes that at face value and goes, oh, yeah, reproductive rights. But a lot of times for people who have common sense, when you really ask them these questions, they'll go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then when the minute and that's what they don't want you to. They don't want you to stop and ask a question and go, hold on a second. Why is it called this? Why is it this? See, people are given the how and the what, but you don't have to give them the why, which means you don't have to give them the rationale behind it. But if you give them the how and the what, sometimes that's enough to push something that's believable, you know, onto people, believable, whatever that means. But that's what I'm talking about. Like the language has always been important. The language is, is, is so crucial to how we define our rights. Because think about law, for example. I mean, you have experience in law. A, a, a criminal, a crook who breaks into somebody's house could win a lawsuit amongst somebody who he broke into just because of how things are defined, how we define person and property, how we define laws. Yeah. no, but, but, And people give up their rights because they don't know any better. But see, but that's the beauty of it. That's why... You know, when I look at MLK Jr., do I really fault him because he didn't understand the language? Well, yeah, I fault him. I you know fault. why? It, 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 because I'll tell you why. Because he had a he had access to 
and I and I know you're aware. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm like almost like 99% positive you know this. There is a huge difference from that new whatever Bible and the King James Bible. Oh, new yeah. international version, non-inspired yeah. version. <laughs> yeah, the NIV one. That that's uh, dude. It's a huge difference. So I'm pretty sure Martin Luther King had the the. Uh, but that's another way of attacking things. Change the language. If you exactly. change the language of the Bible, right. come on. How how does anybody know if they're using that NIV Bible? That's insane. But you're exactly right. It's all about the language. No one's ever read these laws in 1960s. They never did. It's funny how when you told me that there was a night, and here's the thing for everybody who's listening too. People are all like 1964 Civil Rights Act. 1964 Civil Rights Act, whether it's Title VII or Title IX, is the reason for discrimination-based lawsuits that happen in America today because of how you define a protected class. That is it, is right yeah. there in the 64 Civil Rights Act. And it's funny because a lot of people thought, well, that's when blacks could vote. That's when blacks could do this. You're given rights. It was the desegregation. Nah, it happened in 57. And it was funny how we pulled up a copy. Yeah, we actually read the law, which was weird. It's just this long document. <laughs> <laughs> you read the 1957 Civil Rights Act and you compare it up to the 1964 Civil Rights Act and you go, yeah, the American public were con. You know when LBJ said, I'll have those, you know. Negroes. Yeah, voting <laughs> Democrat for the next 200 years. He did it through the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And you know what? We're almost, what, 80, 60 years on and he's not wrong. People overwhelmingly support the civil rights act of 1964 it's in every government agency and it's in every workplace and academic institution in the united states title seven pertains to the workplace and title nine pertains to the academic institution and it's crazy but you see people who don't who don't read the laws and i didn't know this until you showed me don't know the difference you didn't need a 1964 civil rights act you already had one See, uh, but that's why I was buying property in Harlem in the 20s before people thought that that was even possible. Yeah, no, but you know, but uh, because we don't have it up, like that's something I wish I could put up on the share screen so the viewers can see this. But all they have to do, if they really want to see it, just look up this number, public law 88-352 and public law eight five dash three one five and and you can see it for yourself and here's the thing here's the thing i know progressives like to cry discrimination and institutionalized racism really the only way to prove institutionalized racism is through the laws and that's what you taught me with the case laws when you actually read them you have to read about what laws were being written then but that's the thing is your history books are not going to teach you that and nobody's going to go bother pulling out all these dockets and going hey what was the law in 1950 and, and sure enough you read the 57 law and it's like oh uh education literacy tests and busing you know yeah, the thing yeah, that Joe Biden was attacked on and it's crazy but you want to know what else it did like that happens like for for today in 2020 we would love a voucher system but the civil rights act pro prevents that from happening it will never i mean they're trying but it'll never do because everyone's gonna sue 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 because the 64 civil rights act and all these you know black people are saying oh yeah, yeah. here's the thing they needed to make 
1964 Civil Rights Act a thing to protect it from conti to continue its existence. Like you could never really veto that. You can't really, you can't really, because of how it's how it defines um, the laws and what you know some of the clauses within there. You can't really, like, here's the thing. Not being able to sue on the basis of sex, national origin, and all, and all of those things basically makes it so that anybody can claim discrimination or harassment at any time. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's it's not that difficult, but but mm, what you have to do, honest to God, is find a lawyer who's not afraid to set precedents. Because you really have to, and this is why I'm so glad I'm a Christian now, because I can see things way clearer. Uh, but you really have to show judges with real facts, with real facts, with real uh, like evidence. You, you just can't just be talking about your feelings, because that's you know the reason why so many Christians fail and so many institutions that are conservative are failing is because we fall into the emotional trap. We don't come forth with real hard evidence. And blacks are very good at not coming up with real hard facts or evidence. Like those two ladies, they lost because why? They had no facts. They were just um, based on emotion. Oh, I feel I owed a house. <laughs> There's discrimination happening all the time. Where's the proof? Where mm -hmm. is it all? And even though it is, but they have never proven it. Like if they would say, hey, look, at this school, we are taught about sex when we were five. That's not going to help me add two plus two. Shit, they think two plus two is five. You know what I mean? Seriously. If you go to these schools, they're saying, hey, it's okay. Two plus two is five. You're close enough. In the real world, two plus two is four. But in these schools in Oakland. Or they're being taught that five is close enough. You round up. Oh, yeah. you're good at rounding up. And that's the thing. You can prove racism that way. Because in an Asian school, like in Cupertino, like Cupertino, for those who don't know, is in the South Bay. That's where Apple's at. All the Asian kids are learning two plus two is four. And negative two plus two is, you know, zero. You know what I mean? Like, they know this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, and like, they know this stuff. But we don't know this stuff. Uh, I mean, I you know, I can't say we like I speak for all blacks, but <laughs> but the majority of black kids don't know how to add a negative number to a positive number. They just don't. Just basic subtraction. That's too complicated because they're not being taught that. They're being taught about six sex ed. Why? Because they honestly believe they're going to need abortions by the time they're twelve. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm laughing and giggling, but. Man, I don't know what you saw in Oakland, but if you watch uh, a, one of those abortion clinics, you'll see a lot of young chicks going in there, 12, 13, 14 years old. Yeah. It's insane. And why? Because they're pregnant. Why? Because they know about sex. And, and that's all they know. But again, you know, like I said before, like I, it's real easy and obvious to go after progressives because it, it's just simple. But mm -hmm. the real root of it is because we went away from our conservative roots and we ignore the streets. You cannot be conservative unless, like, without knowing the streets, how can you say you're a conservative? How? You can't. Because the streets 
is like the foundation of, of conservative principle. Jesus wasn't running around hanging out with kings and queens. Right. He wasn't. He was, you know, showing people how to change, how to, how to live, you know, how to love yourself. You know what I mean? He really was doing that. He wasn't just like, you know, like, because I'm still fascinated by how he changes like an entire race of people or like an ethnic group, the Samaritans. You know what I mean? They weren't killed off in war. He literally changed them into becoming uh, like that whole region. All of North Africa was a Christian area. It mm. just became like all of North Africa, which was like known for all their crazy religions and gods. And, you know, Egypt is obviously the most famous, but the Samaritans were worse than the Egyptians. And but yeah, somehow, some way that entire region became Christian. Well, right. technically, the whole world became Christian. Yeah. But, but uh, you know what I mean? How did that happen? And I'm always fascinated with that. And But basically, we know it's from the commandments he gave us. Love God as you love yourself, da, 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 whatever they are. You know what I mean? But that's basically, it's not magic. I'm not reinventing the wheel. But that's the thing. Most modern Christians in 2020 that go to these, you know, Catholic churches or, 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 you know, the mega churches, like, you know, whoever, like Benny Hinn, like those people, <laughs> but it's the, tr I'm not dogging on them because I know they were taught the wrong way. It's just like I was taught the wrong way. I was taught to be an atheist. I was taught to only think logically and, and not that religion was illogical because it's the most logical book I ever read. And, and, and I love John Steinbeck and John Steinbeck is, it's it's not an easy read, but, mm -hmm. you know, but anyway, but my point is this. Christian people honestly have not been taught the right way because everything they see should always be from those lens of the of the commandments Jesus gave us. That's and as long as like you don't need to know the scripture as much as a pastor does. Why? Because they're pastors. They went to school for that. They're experts. All we need to do and I, this goes against being like a conservative, but like we just have to be good sheep, like a part of a flock. You know, our pastor. So, so, yeah, our pastor guides us, but we, 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 I mean, we can know what he knows because we have the Holy Ghost. You don't have to rely, but the, the, the shepherd is Jesus. The, the, the shepherd. Yeah, exactly. But but you know what I mean? Because for those who don't know, like we have to trust in like I trust in what you say. You know what I mean? When it comes to the Bible and the scripture. Well, because... you trust in what the Bible says, because all I did was give you what was in the Bible. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know, I know. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I'm not good at this, uh, but but anyway, but you know what I'm saying. So, but my point is, but through that, I could use real science, I could use real math. Like like uh, George Lemire, uh, whatever you know, I always butcher his last name, but you know his math clearly shows how the universe is always expanding, always expanding. There is no slowing down because that's what how and why it is described in the Bible. Yeah, because it's always the the love that or you know the light of uh, God will always expand, and it's never ending. It is infinite. And it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their mind around it because like, oh, no, but in this, and it's like, yeah, but that's not, you know, what happens here on Earth isn't what happens in unknown parts of the universe that we only know through uh, through the Bible, you know, because I have no idea what the uh, heavens are like. I don't know. I, I've never been there. 
And any person who says that they know, they're full of it because they don't know. It's just a good yeah. guess. But the best guess, you know, I'm only speaking scientifically because I believe it, you know, 100%. Like I literally believe everything in the Bible. It's right. just something I have not yet to prove through math or science. But that said, um, everything like in Genesis really is real. It is the most logical thing I have ever read because the logic behind it, it explains perfectly how dangerous progressive ideology is. And you have a lot of conservatives saying, eh, they're not that bad. But no, it's the most dangerous. If you honestly believe in Jesus, you have to believe this is how the devil operates through mm -hmm. sugarcoating everything. Just like how Darwin wrote it out in the quotes that you know I you know read earlier, like I don't know what hour that was, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just how it works. Like that is so wrong. Yeah. Because that that that's just that's not look, we always we can never let our guard down. We always got to be loving your like, because seriously, how was like going back to the two ladies in Oakland? How was that loving yourself? How was accepting food stamps showing self love? Sir, yeah. you're totally capable. If you're, eh, I almost said retarded, but if you are retarded and you can't do anything, well, there you go. That's your excuse. Seriously, a, a developmentally disabled person cannot fend for themselves. That's our job to take care of those people. Why? Because we are humane. That is how you love other people. We help those with no agenda. We help them. You know, helping a retard ain't going to help me anyway. But we're going to give him comfort and, 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 you know, and he'll be in, you know, heaven and enjoy all the blessings that we all have. I don't know what goes through his mind because he's retarded. But, you know, take him to the park or do whatever it is that, you know, normal people do. Why can't they enjoy that? They can. They're supposed to. That's what we're supposed to do. So, like, when I say, like, we have to be sheep, you know, it's in that way. Yeah, we are sheep. We're following Jesus. And that's what we have to do. So we have to humble ourselves a little bit and say, hey, look, you know, we got to help the less fortunate, this and that. And mm -hmm. that's how we show love towards others by building them up. There's nothing wrong with building up other people. But when you believe like these two ladies in Oakland you know, oh, I, I am owed this. That's when, that's when it's, you're not owed anything. There's Even if you work there, hard, you're not owed anything. And, and that's, that's where, that's where the, the Bible actually has an explicit work about, I mean, like a verse about he who doesn't work, doesn't eat. Like that's like a, a direct, a, I mean, I can't find it and I, I might be misquoting here, but that's, that's what you just talked about, you know, in the last few minutes here debunks everything about you know socialism and just the aspects of of shared things because here's the thing here's the interesting thing about tying the taxation aspect into it right like in, in a church we are commanded to tithe but we're not commanded to tithe in the sense of you are required to do this or you're out of here or it's by law yeah. but it's 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 what contributes to the upkeep of the church it's what pays the pastor it's actually what comes back around to help the widows and the poor and all those people that you were just talking about. But it comes from, from willful giving, from cheerful giving, right? Not because the church man, mandated, you know, this, this law that you had to do so. And I feel like it's the same way with taxation, right? I feel like it's the same way with people who have more 
when they inform in their Christian beliefs and they're generous and gratitude, I feel like there's always more than enough that would go around that would help people, assuming we still stuck to those principles. Because one thing that I need to remark on, I know you talked and I, I'm trying to tie it all together. This is the time where we start to synthesize everything. I mean, back in the 19th century, before pro progressivism took place, there wasn't a welfare state, right? And yeah. the church was solely responsible for taking care of the mentally ill and the handicapped and even the, the, the war veterans. And like when you came back after the Civil War, you were screwed because you didn't have a veterans uh, hospital. And you, didn't <laughs> and have, <no> VA. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have VA and you couldn't really do anything like that. But yet America thrived. Here's the point I have to drive home. People forgot how hard or how well America actually thrived during the Reconstruction. Like we're talking the birth of industries and from that whole period of 19 or sorry, 1870 to 1912 were ridiculous years of American prosperity. No, exactly. You know, no, and, and, and it's like people and, and you have to understand that civil war, the civil war uh, in, you know, that freed the slaves between the Union and the Confederacy was a bloody war. Yet America actually pulled itself out of that. People worked hard. They went and and you know that's the amazing thing is what happened after Lincoln freed the slaves or after the slaves the slaves were freed, they went back to work. That's it. They didn't depend on the government. They didn't depend on handouts and everything. And look at what America built in just a hundred short years. Like I feel like we forget that. And and this is this is like we we talked about how progressive ideology and and how the government, uh, in terms of of its scope has gotten so large that people have depended on it but we also like forget that like before you had a federal reserve before you had an irs before you had you know medicare medicaid universal health care whatnot you just had people you just had people that took care of each other and it wasn't uncommon you know, like, and, and the church was also a cornerstone of, of most Americans' lives. Like, we're talking, like, back at that time period, most people actually identified as Christians, were professing Christians, you could say. And that's the thing, that the Baptist church, right, has become sort of the firmament, you know, staple where it sounds like it's the most prevalent in America because it was allowed to thrive, so I know some people are like piecing out and everything because it's starting to get late. We're, we're wrapping this up. Guys. No, 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 no. Because I, I, I like these comments. They're actually very good. I like the firmamentalist. No, seriously, I'm really looking into that orthodox stuff. I, I like that. But, 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 uh, but here's because somebody, because I, I don't know, it just went away for some reason. But somebody, uh, they brought up a pretty good point. Why do we have to prove anything? like the existence of this or the existence of that and blah, 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 blah. It's real simple. If you really want to bring people to, to Jesus Christ, you really have to believe in that Bible. And you just, the Bible is not a fairy tale. There is nothing in that Bible that is fake. Everything can be proved through science. We just don't understand it. But here's the thing. But that's just my ego. You know, but now that I'm a Christian, I understand why God gave us the mind to prove the existence or anything in the Bible. I'll give you the perfect example. And we're going to go back to the first hour when we were talking about sodomy and all this other stuff. If it wasn't for science, we never would have known that sodomy was 
medically bad because you know through sodomy we have things like vre which is vacomycin uh, resistant enterococci which is a parasite that lives inside your intestine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. science proved that it doesn't say that where in the bible does it say vre is going to happen where does it say in the bible that age is going to happen we mm-hmm. have Prove this stuff. What about syphilis? Syphilis itself comes from a bacteria in your colon. That's all sodomy, but the Bible only says sodomy. But when we say things like syphilis, AIDS, HIV, VRE, which is uh, something that people say, oh, that's from the, you know, oh, you're at a hospital and the nurse didn't wash her hands. No, that's all BS. (laughs) This is all biblical. This is why we have the Bible, because the Bible tells us what to research, what to study, not just study the word and and be all like, oh, you know, giving out freebies to this. No, because we're supposed to love ourselves. And part of loving ourselves is understanding why it's bad, you know, because that's just there's skepticism. Right. I mean, is I mean, because you told me I, I didn't read this, but Zach had told me about uh Peter cutting off that dude's ear and well, Jesus putting it or whatever. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's, in, that's in, that's in one of the gospels. I think it's in, I think he cuts off the ear, but the, 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 the uh, account where he puts it back might be in Luke. I might be mistaken, but yeah. Well, what well, about the point is the reason for that story is because there is a way to do things and just, acting out violently or whatever that's not the way to do it you have to do things to help people so if somebody is suffering from aids or vre you have to help them you don't just kill them off or beat them you you like the way they do in uh, uh malaysia you know in malaysia no it's the true like indonesia and malaysia they're using facebook and google to hunt down gay people and publicly beat them until they turn straight which is going to just make them more gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's the truth. You're going to beat the gay right into them. But that's not what we do. So if you honestly are a Christian, you don't condemn people. You got to help them. How are you going to help a guy with AIDS? By telling him, oh, repent and just go to heaven? No. You tell him, accept Christ. And, you know, through through God's mercy, we understand how to fix you. But don't go ahead and get AIDS again. You know, you got to, st- it's kind of like what you tell a drunk. You tell a drunk, you fix their liver. Hey, stop drinking. Go to AA. It's the only thing that works. There's reasons why we have science. Science isn't some kind of voodoo magic stuff. No, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. God wants, he gave us this information for a reason, but he also knows because Adam and Eve were the perfect examples of people who, even though they knew God, they still sinned, right? They, 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 they knew God. They were the first people to actually, he came from God. Adam came from God. You know, he made, you know, through the dirt or whatever, but he, he literally experienced God. Mm-hmm. And even that dude was tempted by the devil. Seriously. How can a man who honestly knows God, like literally knows, like spoke to him. He was in, God was in Adam's ear. And even though the most powerful being that ever existed is in your ear, you're still going to sin. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So God goes, you know what? I mean, I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, but in I my mind, <laughs> you know, God, like, hey, look, I got to, Jesus has to come and he's going to have to show everybody how to love themselves and how to love others. Keep it simple. 
just like in business. You keep things simple, things work. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just keep it simple. McDonald's is successful because they kept it simple. They sold Big Macs. They didn't sell chicken wings. <laughs> you just, that was like the biggest like switch. You just went from talking about that to McDonald's. But. Well, because see, but people don't understand the simplicity of Jesus Christ can be applied to economic success. See, now, progressives, all complicated. That stuff that I read from Darwin, that's some complicated stuff. Heavy-handed uh, heavy words. This wording, this wording, this wording, this wording, and all these things. It's just all BS. It's all nonsense. But Christianity is real basic, real simple. That's why when you read me Romans, it just clicked. Light bulb went on. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I can't believe it. And I'm thinking, why didn't anybody else show me this? You know, it's just, it's just because I believe they have that NIV Bible. Because <laughs> it's not in there. Did you know that? And the NIV Bible is not in there? There's there's some stuff that's missing from an NIV. And I don't I no longer use an NIV Bible. I use a lot missing, not just a little bit. A lot is missing. A yeah. lot. It, it's it, but that means everything because whenever people pull up a Bible, because I was one of those dudes. You know, it's like, you guys are all hypocrites, da 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 da, da. But the NIV is not a real Bible. <laughs> it's, not, it's a fake Bible. I always, no, but that, why do you think people think the Bible's fake? And because we've been allowing a fake Bible in our society for so gosh darn long, we have to prove it because, shoot, if back in the old Jesus days when Jesus was with people and people were doubting Jesus then, right? Doubting Thomas. Thomas doubted Jesus, and Jesus was right in front of him, and he still doubted it. Mm -hmm. So if that's happening, what makes you think that 2,000 years later that we need proof? People are just naturally doubting people. I don't mind proving people that Jesus is real because why not? The science is there. The math works out. The physics works out. Why not? I'm not afraid to do it. I might not know the scripture, but I know math. And I know it's real. So, you know, I, I, but that's why I, I was laughing at that guy's thing. Oh, so angry. But I'm not angry. <laughs> okay. Just to clarify, Professor Dreg doesn't get mad. He just gets into it. And he rambles for 20 minutes. And <laughs> Sorry. No, but I, I mean, I, I, sh I shouldn't ramble. I but. like but the, that's the thing is, is all of this stuff is tied. And I, I, I always feel like. You know, the, the show kind of started off as a street conservative show last year, but the, the, the fact that you can tie everything in with everything else is encouraging because, I mean, we're not really here to give our commentary on what's happening in politics or culture and whatnot, but really draw the connection between all those things. I will say this, you know, it, it does take a critical mind to even just accept grace, grace through faith in Jesus. It really does, because you have to understand what that means. And well, until, you, until you do it, it's it's not, then then it's just kind of like, oh, if, you, if you've got to go use the bathroom, that's cool. No, 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 because what you said just reminded me of a story. I didn't even read it. I'm sorry, I'm reading a private chat. I'm getting a little delirious. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so let me tell the story real quick, because this is so like, but this is so Christian. There was this couple that couldn't have a baby. And they kept saying, oh, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray, and you'll have a baby. So, and these people were raised in the church. 
they were, I think they were Pentecostals, but they were raised in, the, in a Pentecostal church. And, you know, like they do the touching and, and then you start to walk. And so they were putting hands on her belly to get her pregnant. <laughs> and because she didn't get pregnant, she became suicidal. But here's the thing. God has nothing to do with that. It just doesn't happen. There's, you know, and, and to pray for a baby and then blame God for when you don't get pregnant, that's wrong. You know what I mean? Because it that has nothing to do with, with Christianity. It just doesn't. You know, like if you're blessed with a child, that's great. But if you're blessed with not having a child, that's also great too, because there's a lot out there. there and But that's my point. My point of telling that story is you reminded me that how people are taught the wrong thing. Like, that's just like, oh, I'm broke. I'm praying to become rich. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you can work as hard as you can, but guess what happens? A tornado happens and it blows away your house. You're going to get mad at God for that? That's, But that's my point. So when all of these Christian churches using the NIV Bible, I'm telling you, that's because that's what it says in NIV. In the NIV Bible, it literally teaches you how to get rich, you know, pray for babies and because you just never know because you know what I mean? And, 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 and this, I know this is old Testament, but it kind of says in the old Testament about this thing about, you know, being cursed for like generations upon generations, <laughs> but you know, but the medical facts behind it kind of is true. Like there's recessive genes. So if something happens and let's say you commit sodomy and there's like a recessive gene that's been mutated with uh, the bacteria from your gut and that's part of your dna you could have a lot of issues in the future and that's what regressive genes do they just pop out randomly mm -hmm. you know so like if, like my body for example you know my heart's all messed up but it's because i have a condition that's really rare you know maybe like eight of me on the planet with this condition and guess what? This is proof that's my somewhere, somebody in my family history, you know, my lineage messed up, you know, in the eyes of God. <laughs> yeah, they weren't supposed to do it. And now this gene exists in our lineage. So are we cursed? No, because I believe in Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to go to heaven. But the, but the science behind the genetic mutations is still there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why, because why do genetic mutations happen? Because it is a sign of a, you know, I don't want to say a curse, but it is a sign of something that we did that was wrong. doesn't mean we're not going to go to heaven. It just means that, you know, as long as you accept Christ, we all know we're going to go to heaven. But it doesn't mean that we can't work on the science to help alleviate some of the physical pains that happens when it manifests in a person. And also, also, we have to understand that uh, I mean, this is, I don't want to get too deep into it, but just <laughs> I've only got a couple of minutes left. <laughs> yeah. The bad things happen to bad people. Good things happen to good. You know, it, it's, that's, that's usually the deal is the unfortunate twisting of, of our gospel today, which is a false gospel in a lot of churches is that it's word of faith and it's, you know, blessings upon being faithful and whatnot which is not, it's not scriptural in that sense. I mean, we are blessed for having faith, but that blessing manifests itself in eternal security and, um, you know, being part of the body of Christ. But like in terms of your life here on earth, you know, 
like here's the thing we probably talked about a few things that will never ever see the light of day on cnn and people are probably <laughs> upset but it's not in an antagonistic way it's just because it's just not it's, it's wrong you know it is unnatural it is not natural to 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 do these things and uh, i'm sorry i'm starting to get a little tired but yeah, no, no worries. worries you can we can talk i just wanted to 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 just you know remark on that that that's the case it, it's not your life's going to be all good when you choose to walk this walk it's not you're going to be given the truth the truth isn't always convenient but it is the truth right and unfortunately the 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 truth of of a lot of things is is that it's oftentimes it's uh it, it comes with a price you know it's not easy to accept and that's the thing is a lot of these people are out there searching for truth and whatnot and one thing I always tell people is that the truth has always been there all along. It's been there since the beginning, right? In fact, it'll be here, you know, the, the word of God will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, but truth has always been around us. It's just always been hard to embrace. That's, that's a fact. It, it's not that you need to find truth. It's just that the truth that you were looking for wasn't sufficient enough for you. So you had to make truth for yourself. And the yeah. Bible that clearly it was very clear that it'll there'll come a time where people will fashion god in their own image call it jesus but the jesus you pray to is not the jesus of the Bible. <laughs> no but but it's the and it, that's what yeah you're right i love it i love it carnal in, in its regard and and you know um if you look at some of these churches right i i left a non-denominational church that was a little bit more all-inclusive that's that's word i'll leave it and mm. fortunately with you know the 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 consequence for that is a watered down gospel and um there's not a lot of spiritual discernment that's also going on and i i, I think even worse than that not a lot of sound doctrine that's being preached and like i said you know the the, the thing is the truth is not hard to find people are lost and they're looking for truth the truth has been there since the very beginning but it's hard to accept or it's hard to embrace. Right. I mean, exactly. You, it was, I remember this, the last thing I'll leave people is like, it's a really good testimony with you because like at first you, you didn't, you were just like, I, I can't, I can't take this on. I mean, you, you, you understood it, but you couldn't accept it at first. And then, you yeah, know, I thought it was like nonsense. <laughs> Seriously, it was all nonsense to me it was all nonsense but again i'm arrogant like like tw saying gmo food is playing god and i'm thinking no it's not GMO, but why because i'm arrogant that way but mm -hmm. technically it's not playing god you know like science is not playing god it's god revealing himself to us because you know gmo what's a gmo genetically modified that happens naturally in nature you know antibiotics you know, discovered by the uh, Scripps Pro Kellogg Scripps program at UC San Diego. The research that's coming out of there, they have seen genetic modification that happens natural. And just because they could replicate that doesn't mean they're playing God. They're spreading the love of God and nature by having the ability to re uh, replicate that. So is it genetically modified? Well, of course. Can we modify corn so it can grow in Africa where, you know, food can't be grown? Well, of course. But see, but that's why, like, I, you know, like with with Christianity, that's the point. When you honestly accept God and everything that encompasses God, 
all of the mysteries of the universe become unlocked. It, it's just, it's that easy. It is that simple. And if everybody just accepted it, we would live in paradise. We would live in heaven. We really, I, I believe that with all my heart, you know, but you know, I'm not afraid of science. I don't believe GMOs are, you know, this or that. And it's just not, it's just us understanding nature. Well, also, also in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, like they will sort of replicate after their kind is, is part of that. Because one thing to, to talk about is like, I mean, it's like crossbreeding, right? Like, and, and races or even different breeds of dogs that breed with other people. Genetically modified food, as we define it, is making food so that it's more resilient to, to uh, you know, gosh, I can't even think right now, to rodents. Yeah, bugs, insects. Well, technically, uh, what's that company? Monsanto uh, made it so it's uh, so Roundup can kill the bugs and not. And, and, and like, seriously, like it's they, they modified it in a way where only Roundup can kill the bugs and save the seeds. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you can't hate a dude for doing that. You know what I mean? It's like if yeah. you're smart enough to, to do something like that, you know. But yeah, that's funny. Uh, Gotta read a quick super chat here. Tora Helms, thank you for your donation. Yeah, thank that's you. nice. Hi, Zach. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. Back with my co-host, who's now someone. Deborah Barry said, hi, guys. Uh, that's cool. You know, but like all these people are. That's cool. Coolers 20, 711, Lucas, all these. That's cool. That's nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we just we just uh, we're, we're going to wrap up here, but we got five more minutes, man. This is classic me. But do you have any final thoughts when it comes down to. What we taught, we covered a lot. I think we just, yeah, no, I got no final thoughts other than I, I look forward to doing this. You know, I really do because uh, I, I write a lot. Well, now I'm writing stuff on minds or whatever. So it, it's like, um, you have a link to your minds that you want me to post in the chat so people can check it out. Uh, maybe next time, not not now. I mean, next time, <laughs> one step at a time. This was a great way to kind of bring things back a little bit and keep things long so we can actually exhaust and fully talk about topics without cutting them short. And then I would obviously just break this up, put them up as clips on the American Maiden page channel. You guys subscribe to the American Maiden page channel if you haven't done so already. Let me leave a link. Because what's going to happen, real quick announcement here before we wrap things up, is thing this is going to be eventually live exclusively on that channel. So subscribe to this channel because I will be putting it live there. Like, for example, uh, let me see here. Subscribe to that channel for AMAP. So this is... I like reading the... I really do. I like that. I don't know. I like negative comments, but... Uh, but some of the comments are pretty good. Like I always say this to everybody, mm -hmm. GMOs are nothing more than like mass produced medicines. Not, I don't agree with all medicines like, like chemotherapy and, and radiation. I know that's bad. Um, but there's other things like, like, um, I'm a little dated with my medical knowledge, but back in the old days and like in the nineties, uh, there was something like it was brand new. Um, it was called RNAi therapy. Uh -huh. And uh, that was all new and, and, you know, stuff like that. That's genetically modified medicine. And it, and it 
helps the body turn on the immune system that we had and shut it off by eating junk processed foods. I mean, I don't care what restaurants you go to, but if you go out to eat restaurants and stuff like that, it's all genetically modified. You know, <laughs> it's because true. It's true. Your tomato that you buy in the supermarket does not look that pretty in real life. Like the real version of a tomato, you know, is not. But anyways, I want to address one more super chat here. Brandon E. Smith says, Restwell. Thank you, Brandon, for your $5 donation. Thank you for supporting the show, guys. Hey, hit that like button on your way out. We're going to wrap up here because I know it's getting late for some folks. And yes, to answer some of your questions, this is going to be an interactive show where we get to actually invite people on too. So it's going to be interactive. I don't know if we should have a call-in system. I'm, I'm still working on that. But this is a nice way to kind of... Um, kind of break the new year in in a different format because we've if you guys haven't subscribed to the american maiden page show yet go and check out the american maiden page show here on podbean which is really important you know that's where we've done over a hundred episodes we did 110 episodes last year alone so um you know this is us kind of coming back after like two months a lot of you all been asking about it so we're back and uh Real quick, final announcements. We'll do Thursday nights. Show starts at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We'll go for three hours. You guys can dive in, dive out whenever you want. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. But um, other than that, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in to the American Made and Paid show for listening to us yes you can find it on spotify if you type in american made and paid it is on spotify it's on spotify stitcher apple podcasts i believe it's also on TuneIn radio um you can find it i mean you won't find it on soundcloud but you'll find this and now on youtube as well on on the other channel so yeah i need to find a way to you know we took a break for a while to get reorganized but this is a great system i'm glad that we have Streamyard. isn't this convenient this is fantastic like yeah, i know crazy and it, it, you, it keeps you more entertained you know because like at least if anything you can just read through the comments but i hope to have more of you guys uh tuning into the show um thank you guys for listening you know it's man can't believe we talked for like three hours i felt like well the nice thing about talking with professor Dreg is that we don't really run out of things to talk about it's just that we get tired of talking and then and then we have to call it a night but that's about it guys you know i really appreciate you guys tuning into the American Made and Paid show. We are at, it's 10 p.m. here where I'm at, 9 o'clock your time. We will see you guys uh, next Thursday, same time, hopefully at this time. And then uh, we'll all talk soon. Thank you for being a part of this. All right. Take care, guys.